0: Previously on The Spoken. No, Le- LeBron's words didn't completely come to fruition. And Chris Jones's entire kills may not either. But if and when the Chiefs do what LeBron has done and continues to do something by dominating their league consistently, you will see that shine quickly wear off across the league from both opposing fans and foes. Because you're no longer the fans... You're no longer fans of the new guys, you're the fans of the guys to beat. And Chris Jones' confidence, Tyreek Hill's confidence, places an even bigger target on their backs. The Chiefs are now the villains of the NFL. Yes, Mahomes is all class and will be loved quietly by fans from all over the country, but they will hate his success. Chris Jones in this defense will be under the microscope and criticized for the smallest of error and infraction. The Chiefs will be the new negative driving fo- focus and force of career-long trolls like Skip Bayless, Rob Parker, and Eric Nanheen. Because the Chiefs are the next dynasty. Therefore, the next to be hated. Good. Embrace the hate. Lean into it. Be the villain. Because with the villain role comes the success that no one can deny you. And to the fans, don't let the fact that your team is now the new target for unfair criticism and brainless show fodder on those daily national sports talk shows bring any emotion out of you other than the joy and happiness that you deserve. Because as long as the Chiefs are the villain, that means that your team is still the team to beat. Arrowhead is the new home of the team to be. We are the fans of the team that everyone will hate for years to come. And that should excite the hell out of you. And when it comes to the amount of Super Bowls that this team will win, I don't usually go with the not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Because the only number I'm counting to and counting on is 15.
1: All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered.
0: Legends never die. This is The Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City!
1: With freaking Mahomes,
0: baby! Uh, Let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do.
1: You are tuned in to The Spoken. Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance
0: Twidwell. This is The Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCPN studios with my guy, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And our lady, Miss Gat. How we doing tonight, Gat?
2: Lovely. Thank you for asking.
0: No, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo tonight. He actually has uh, some time with the family, so he decided to take that. And hey, man, and this time in this place, and the way things are going, I can't blame him. So we wish him and his family nothing but the best. I promise you guys, we will have our guy, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo Eddie Ortiz, back in no time, which means. This time next week. So, I hope you guys are prepared to have him back. But in the meantime, it's us three running things around here. We want to thank all of the listeners, all the viewers, all the subscribers, everybody that has been a part of this, participating. Uh, this show continues to grow, and, and, and we cannot thank you guys enough because without you, this, there is no growth. And we'd be in here in an echo chamber talking to ourselves. That is never fun. I've tried it, and uh, don't want to ever do that again. Holy hat, do we have a fun show for you guys tonight? Let me just put it like that. And that rhymed as well. Um, we, have, we have a chat with one of the best, the OGs of all Chiefs entertainment when it comes to the, the coverage, when it comes to the games, when it comes to history. Our guy Shaggy Shane Williams will be joining us momentarily. Shaggy. Cannot wait to get you, get you guys, get his thoughts on this show. We have not had him on since before the Super Bowl. That's how long it's been. It's been an entire lifetime since then. Like I like I was saying in, in the pre-video, uh, I mean, life as we know it has changed since j- just the Super Bowl. So right. can't wait to catch up with our guy Shaggy Shane. Beardless with a beard doesn't matter. We still love the guy equally, but I'm hoping he grows that beard back. Um, and we're obviously going to be opening up the Monday Mailbag, Hold This L. We got, like I said, guys, a jam-packed show. So I don't want to waste any more of your time, so let's get right into it. I don't have many dreams at night. And if I do, I rarely remember them. But the ones I have remembered since I was a child were the nightmares. And nothing, and I mean nothing, was better than waking up from that nightmare, realizing that it wasn't real, it was just a bad dream. Well, I'm here to wake you up from a bad dream and let you know that everything is and will continue to be all right. And no, I'm not talking about 2020 as a whole, although I'd love nothing more than to wake up from this crazy-ass dream we're all stuck in currently. Now I'm talking about the Chiefs and the concerns that stem and follow after both LDT and Damian Williams deciding to opt out of the 2020 season for their own personal reasons. I have seen the concerns and worries expressed by a number of fans, and I get it, but I'm here to bring comfort by suggesting that we all see the bigger picture in all of this. As we all know good and well in the NFL in particular, there is constant change from coaching, rosters, you name it. Oftentimes, an NFL team can be viewed as a revolving door. Players are interchangeable, and in most regards, therefore, it's a shock to no one when players are replaced on an annual basis. We are in the midst of an unforeseen and unprecedented pandemic, which in itself has created obstacles and challenging scenarios for everyone. And unfortunately, with those same obstacles and challenges, comes tough decisions. LDT and Dame had to make tough decisions for themselves, for their families, for what they believe in. For LDT, it's his drive and passion to help the sick during the COVID-19 pandemic. For Damien, as he stated earlier this week on Radio Row practically, his mother having stage four cancer and how he knew it was the right decision to be there to take care of her in this time. I want to thank both of them equally because they both played a significant role in the Chiefs winning their first Super Bowl in 50 damn years. So salute to both of these men for these, again, were insanely tough decisions for them. Even through family and an inward drive to help others far surpassing playing football, these men sacrificed a lot to earn their careers and successes they could have very well continued Have they decided to continue playing? And as we continue to see players across the league on various teams make those same tough decisions to opt out, did we honestly expect the Chiefs to go into week one unscathed? We had to see this coming in some form or fashion. We had to understand and acknowledge that at the end of the day, these athletes are men with families, people they look out for, even men with their own personal health conditions and concerns. I expected this. And it's not something that I think we're done with when it comes to players opting out. Won't lie though, I was looking forward to seeing Dane play with zero attention and expectations again, the good old days. When given the chance back in 2018 as a nobody, he shined bright and we cannot ignore how great he was in the playoffs. So you might be asking yourself right now, where does the comfort come into all this, Lance? Where does it come into play? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm about to tell you. For the last two off-seasons, as we have stated and echoed several times over in recent episodes, the Chiefs have absolutely crushed it in the draft and in free agency. And if we take it back further, since Andy Reid has been the Chiefs' head coach, the Chiefs have been one of the best rosters in the NFL. And if you take it back even further, the Chiefs had a stacked roster previous to the Andy era. They just needed the right leadership and the right leadership they got. And now that we know the off-season to be considered each season we have witnessed this franchise continue to retool and build one of the deepest, more talented rosters around Patrick Mahomes. I considered this year's draft as a meat and potatoes class, and I anticipated that the Chiefs would take the add to the depth approach, and in most ca- cases and instances, that's exactly what they did with their picks. But they also landed an absolute star in the making in LSU's running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the final pick of the first round of the 2020 draft. And as excited as we have been with his potential, we knew that the Chiefs had surprisingly enough depth at his position with newly acquired DeAndre Washington, surprisingly effective Daryl Williams, everyone's favorite, Darwin Thompson, and of course, Mr. Damian Williams. Therefore presenting a real change for Clyde walking in. Nothing was a given, and even as their first pick of the recent draft class, he wasn't walking in as the man. Three months later, that hasn't changed, even with Damian Williams now opted out. Yes, I do expect Clyde to take over the top spot, and I fully anticipate that he will be an Offensive Rookie of the Year candidate whenever this season decides to wrap up. But because of the fact that each season hasn't disappointed over these last two off-seasons, the Chiefs are a team that isn't reeling or panicking despite losing two offensive starters. Instead, the Chiefs are still very much the team to beat. Of course, it begins and ends with 15. As long as the best quarterback, now slash new owner of the Royals, is breathing, the Chiefs will be just fine. But it's his team builders that give us the comfort needed in times of uncertainty. They are the parent that sends you back to sleep and waking up from that terrifying nightmare. In most cases, and for most teams, losing a starting guard and running back within a few days of themselves would be considered an un- unbearable nightmare. But not in Kansas City. Not for Brett Veach. Not for Andy Reid. And sure as shit, not for Patrick Mahomes. I remember when the Chiefs cut Kareem Hunt and how much I was certain... This would ultimately hinder the Chiefs' offense from making up for the horrendous defense and would be the ultimate key for them not making a deep playoff push. But as we all remember, the Chiefs not only made a deep playoff push while still averaging north of 30 points per game that led the league, they did it with a running back in Damian Williams that had little to no expectation when he took over the top spot in Kareem Hunt's stead. Just like Kareem Hunt did with Spencer Ware when he went down. Little expectation, surprising return. Only this time around, with Clyde, the Chiefs have a running back that we know who and what he is and what he's better than and any other running back that Mahomes has had to this point of his career and it may not be all that close. The Chiefs have accomplished greatness with players that overachieved and will continue to practice this somehow successful method. But what ultimately separates the Chiefs from the rest in, uh, the rest in times of losing players for unforeseen circumstances is the star depth that they have across the board. In the draft in free agency, each season has and will carry us through. And I want to make it abundantly clear. Losing LDT and Dame does not help the Chiefs. In fact, I was very much looking forward to having both this season. But if the 2019 Chiefs season and outcome taught us anything, it's that this team is the only thing that can stop them. I've said more than, I, t- more than enough times that I can remember that the Chiefs are the only team that can beat the Chiefs. The 2018 AFC Championship, the Chiefs beat the Chiefs. Week 5 versus the Colts last season, the Chiefs beat the Chiefs. Week 6 versus the Texans, same thing. What about Week 10 at the Titans? The last loss the Chiefs have suffered to this day. Yep, beat themselves. And even with shoot-yourself-in-the-foot-type losses like that, the Chiefs still prevailed. Despite losing their starting left tackle for two months, they went undefeated. Despite going down double digits in all three playoff games, they won the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are the only team that can beat the Chiefs. And losing LDT and Damian Williams doesn't change that, nor does it ultimately swing their chances for the run it back tour in 2020. I won't pretend as if there hasn't been this hasn't been a nightmare, that this isn't a nightmare currently. It has been and it absolutely still is. But the facts I have laid out for you is that we that will provide that comfort we all need so badly as Chiefs fans. And it's lift it's fitting that us Chiefs fans have to see the forest through the trees because although it looks rough now, the Mahomes led Chiefs seemingly always find their way to get that W. So sleep well. Sleep tight. Call on your exterminator for those bed bugs because we have a team to cheer on for from the couches and love seats that we have in our own homes. And I couldn't be more excited. Wake me up when September end begins. And I want to tell you guys what I'm thankful for. Humans love holidays. We do. If we can celebrate something, we will. Now, 2020 hasn't exactly provided us normal opportunities to do so, but for the most part, we will find our ways to celebrate regardless. On certain holidays, there are certain customs and traditions built into show and express gratitude. And we tell everyone, usually awkwardly at the dinner table around families, we see maybe once or twice a year what we're thankful for. Well, consider me in this scenario as Uncle Lance, and it's my turn to tell everyone at the table, the virtual family, what I'm thankful for. Earlier this week, NFL Network dropped their annual NFL Top 100 list and gave us their list of 100 top players in the league. Now, according to the NFL Network, they comprised this list through votes submitted by NFL players across the league. I'm not exactly 100% confident in that being true, but let's just say it is for argument's sake. As the Top 10 was finally announced... We noticed there was a certain name that means a lot to us here in Kansas City that was mentioned rather early. In twenty nineteen in 2019's list, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes was ranked 4th overall, and people thought he got robbed after winning MVP with 5,000-plus passing yards, 50 touchdowns, and a coin flip from the Super Bowl. So you would assume that they do Mahomes right this time around, right? No, they didn't. No, Mahomes was still only 4th on the list, not only fourth, but third amongst quarterbacks trailing Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. In all honesty, I despise these lists. They hold zero validity, they're simply show fodder utilized to kill time in the dog days of summer while these shows and networks dedicated to the NFL await for live games to break down. However, I am so thankful for this list and where they placed Mahomes. Obviously, Mahomes shouldn't be ranked number four. Obviously, Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. Obviously, this has intent involved, and I don't think the list and who comprised it would get Mahomes' attention like they obviously did, and for that reason, I am obviously thrilled. Mahomes is coming into 2020, his third season, as his starter with literally nothing left to prove. We all know who and what he is. We all know his worth. We all know his greatness. But competitors like Mahomes are constantly looking for that next chip on their shoulder, that next edge, that next motivated push, that next wall to knock down, that new narrative to destroy. The NFL network and the players just gave Patrick Mahomes a new motivating factor, another narrative to destroy. The NFL is fucked. Patrick Mahomes is going to light this league on fire like we have yet to see him do, or anyone for that matter, light it up. And for that, I am forever grateful. Not because I didn't think he wasn't going to anyway, but like he counted to 10 in Chicago after embarrassing Trubisky and the Bears like like that took him eight spots ahead of where the Chiefs ultimately took Mahomes, you will see Mahomes count to four when he embarrasses the next Sunday victim on his weekly fall and winter winter schedule. Thank you so much for telling the best football player in the world that he isn't even the third best at what he does. And to me, it's fitting that Mahomes gets to get his revenge when the temperature drops because, after all, revenge is best served, cold. And we're going to leave it right there because I can't keep my guy waiting. My guy Shaggy Shane is about to present himself. We don't have him in studio, guys. We're still doing the social distancing thing as much as we possibly can, Mm -hmm. but we still got him on our Zoom call. We're ready to go. I know he's ready to go, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, our guy Shaggy Shane from the Shaggy Shane Show will be dropping some knowledge on the Spoken Podcast. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host Lance Woodwell here inside the KCPN studios with my guys, Trevor woodwell What's good? Mrs. Gatt, and obviously the guest of the night, the guy we've been trying to hype up, Mr. Shaggy Shane Williams, Shaggy. OG in the house. Shaggy, what's going on, brother?
1: Man, it couldn't be better. It couldn't be better. Late July, summertime, feeling good. Football is in the air. Listen to the spoken pod. Hell uh, yeah, man!
0: <laughs> That's right, bro. All so good in
1: the hood. Well, we're glad to How have you. How you
0: doing? Oh, we're doing good, man. We were we good were man. actually in the in the opening monologue. I, I talked to the to the viewing audience and I said it's it's crazy that you're you know you're one of my best friends and a guy I look up to often and um it's funny that even though we do the show on a weekly basis somehow some way we have not had you on since the Super Bowl took place and um, it just, it's Friday just Friday night January thirty first. See, I knew I knew he knew the I knew he knew the date. <laughs> I beautiful mind.
3: It's a beautiful mind. Beautiful. A beautiful I, mind. Be- I swear.
0: It was me and Clay Whittler in Pat Clifton's basement. Yeah. Yeah. I, remember, I bet well, he could tell me. It's which, about
3: 73 degrees. I bet Shane could
0: tell me which hospital room I was born in in Olathe Medical Center <laughs> and like what the time was. I don't even know what the time was, but I bet he can narrow it down. I was
1: 18 years old. Go ahead.
0: Shaggy, you've been a lifelong uh, and loyal Chiefs fan through damn near every heartbreaking loss this franchise has suffered, yet you've always seemed to keep at least a little bit of optimism going into the next season. Well, This time, you don't don't have to worry about how much optimism you have going into the next season because for the first time in your life, you're a fan of the defending champs. Shaggy, we haven't had you on the show, again, like I said, since episode 49, in which we all know was the last episode until the Chiefs won that Super Bowl. I realize... Life has been weird as hell and since essentially that Sunday. But if you could recollect on that day for us, those moments in time, and tell us what that day was and how much it meant to you as an OG Chiefs fan.
1: You know, actually, it was pretty peaceful. Um, if you go back and watch the Shaggy Shane show after the, we won the Super Bowl, it was hard to uh, fight back the tears. There were some tears. But actually, my daughter, Tabitha, who I was watching the game with, who was really raising a lot more hell than me. And you know, in one hand, and I one hand I was super proud of her. And in the other hand, I felt like I scarred her for my past uh <laughs> my past demons of raising hell. But for the most <laughs> well, part, watching, it, the Chief, yeah, well, watching the Chiefs Yeah, watching the Chiefs <laughs> play in the Super Bowl was freaking uh surreal. But then again it wasn't. Because we knew when the Kansas City Chiefs drafted Patrick Freaking Mahomes, April 27th, 2017. We knew that it was just a matter of time. We knew that it was just a matter of time. Only thing we had to get over was Andy Reid's loyalty to Bob Sutton. Once we kicked that to the curb after the AFC Championship loss and put Steve Spagnola in line for the defensive coordinator spot, and he got Frank Clark. Tyron Matthew, Lance, to answer your question directly: When I watched that Super Bowl, it felt pretty damn good. And then when Patrick Patrick, levon Mahomes made the wasp call on third and fifteen, yes, sir, I, I knew we were coming back. <laughs> it was fucking killer.
0: Excuse my language. no no, said it all night long, man. That's that's what we do here. There's uh, no FCC violations over here in the Kansas City Podcast Network. So Hell yeah. So Shaggy, coming into the 2020 season, the Chiefs were expected to bring back 91% of their starting lineup. Something right. a, something a defending Super Bowl champion hasn't done since the 2004 Patriots. And since last right. since last Friday, uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif and Damien Williams have decided to opt out of the 2020 season. To me, these are legitimate losses, but I do not believe they are losses that destroy or even deplete the running back potential, <clears throat> nor do I believe they signify as a foreshadow of worse things to come when it comes to the potential of a 2020 season. But you have, I, I, we've seen you have a, bit, a little bit of, different of, of, of an opinion on this matter, and you're a little bit on the different side of this. Shaggy, what, what do these two players opting out mean to you? First off,
1: let me say I understand why they are both opting out. Uh, Laura DuVernay-Tardif is a doctor. He's a med. He's taking care of patients. He's seen firsthand the struggle in Canada, this entire issue. So I totally understand, respect and give mad praise to Tardif. Uh, Damien Williams, the same thing. His mom has got stage four cancer. And if he brought home and he's taking care of her, mm-hmm. Damien Williams is taking care of his mom. who has stage four cancer. And if he comes home with the virus, You know, we all know what could possibly happen quickly. He doesn't want to do it. I don't blame either one. Uh, As far as a loss, I think Rankins and uh, Martin Rankins and uh, Nick Allagrady, don't forget about that six-round draft pick last year, are going to be bodies that are going to be worked in to training camp at Arrowhead this August. I like them. I like like how they can uh, develop into guards. Yes, they got the simile. But he was a left guard. Is he going to play right guard? Hmm. So that's that's a concern. That's not really much concern as Damian Williams. Damian Williams is a pros pro man. Damian Williams came to the Chiefs after he left the Miami Dolphins, and he was third string behind Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware in 2018. Damian Williams, when he's pressed into the starting spot, delivered. And on the biggest stage in the biggest games from last year's postseason to this year's postseason, we cannot watch a Chiefs highlight and be happy. We can be happy, but we can also see that Damian Williams made a key catch. Damian Williams had a big run. Damian Williams had a big block. That forty-four yard -yard pass down to the freaking 10-yard line to Sammy Watkins that put us in position for Damian Williams to eventually score the winning touchdown. Damian Williams made a monster block on the blitzing safety coming in from the left and kept Patrick's freaking blindside save, So we can freaking throw it to Sammy Watkins. Oh my God. Damian Williams is that guy. He's, I know people might think this is apples to oranges, but he's the eighth inning pitcher in the major league baseball. He's the guy. He's not the seventh inning guy. He's not the closer. He's not the starter, but when you need three outs in the eighth inning, that Damian Williams is going to get it. I know eighth inning and three hours of football is an entirely different thing, but He's there. He's a pro's pro. He doesn't make the mistakes. He's a guy that delivers and his 10 touchdowns in the playoffs. Man, it's a Chiefs record that will probably never be broken.
0: You know, I like to think that I came up with the nickname Veach season uh, when it comes to the Chiefs' <laughs> joint general manager, uh, Brett Veach. Shaggy, your, your guy Veach has absolutely dominated and owned the last two off seasons. And, and you were one of the first to really place your faith in the young executive. Um, Word. Now, I obviously know that you want to and will give him his deserved run in praise. but But, is there, but is there anything that you'd like to see Veach do, do better, or do more? Oh, no, hell no. Veach is freaking kicking
1: ass, baby. He's freaking <laughs> – dude, I hope he's here as long as Carl Peterson, which is 20 years. Uh, I hope that he's – I hope he stays. I Veach is, is – what he's done with the salary cap, he's – We all thought Chris Jones was gone. I'm not going to pretend to say, oh, I knew that would happen. No, we didn't. We didn't. We thought Chris Jones. I thought in spring that Chris Jones would be traded for a first and a third-round draft, pick, similar to what Jared Allen was traded for 12 years ago in April. So I felt like it wasn't going to happen with Chris Jones. But Patrick, you know, you guys have said that, and I've said that last week on my show with Fidel, that Patrick – Extended his contract to make it open up enough to uh, resign Chris Jones, and you know you can give Brett Beach a lot of credit, but we got to give Patrick a lot of credit for you know making his contract work work to bring in Chris Jones. As to the running back situation, I want to say what concerns me now in the depth chart is we have Dwayne Washington. Is that his name? We got DeAndre Washington. Raiders.
0: DeAndre, yeah, DeAndre Washington. DeAndre
1: Washington. Darwin Thompson and Daryl Williams, uh, you know, besides our number one draft pick, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, what I'm going to want to see or hear coming out of training camp at Arrowhead is who's going to be the number one running back. Yeah. We all know that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be the man. We all know that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be a beast. His stats, his highlights, Patrick giving Beach the elbow to – in the back to draft him last April shows that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be the man. And I just felt about Damian Williams. I know I'm going back to a previous question, but I felt it's something that needs to be said, Lance, is that Damian Williams is the perfect running back to mentor Clyde for maybe the first four, five weeks before Clyde gets the brunt of the carries. And like I know, we're not getting a preseason game and we're not not getting any preseason. So I feel that, damn, man, Clyde's going to have a lot to learn before September 10th. So that's why I feel like who's going to be the number one running back come September 10th? Are we going to go with an experienced guy? Are we going to go with Washington who couldn't even stay on the Raiders, but he played with Patrick at Tech? Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the running back situation come September 10th.
0: I began last week's episode with something I had felt and believed since the clock struck zero in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl 54. Uh, The Chiefs were widely viewed as this fun team with a ton of winning potential. And in very short time, thanks to Patrick Mahomes, they went from that to a legitimate Super Bowl-worthy team. And and now that they've given that 1969 Lombardi, a younger companion in that trophy case at Arrowhead, uh, I I believe that that new car smell and shine has worn off and the casual NFL fan no longer (laughs) adores the Chiefs like they did before. And it's been made evident that after both Chris Jones and Tyreek Hill came out and spoke confidently uh, about this team becoming a dynasty and national sports talk show hosts crushed them for that, uh, we see Patrick Mahomes being voted as the third-best quarterback <coughs> and fourth-best overall player in the league. What by a his joke! Own, by, yeah, by his own peers. I mean, Shaggy, the Chiefs are the new villains of the NFL. Do you agree? <laughs> Hell yes.
1: <laughs> Hell yes. And I freaking accept it, and I wear that badge proudly. Let's go Bring on. it! I don't give a damn for the bad guys. We don't <laughs> cheat. We go out there and play our ass off. We go out there and get it done. If Tyreek Hill wants to talk about winning seven, seven championships to six championships, I don't give a damn because what Tyreek Hill is saying by talking dynasty, it pumps him up because he knows he's raising the bar that he has to live by these standards. He's like, all right, if I want to be freaking winning all these championships with this great team, I got to freaking come to work each and every day, every single day, and bust my ass to work out, to stay in shape, and make sure my entire team, as well as myself, are, are, is able to achieve this dynasty that we are in the talks of achieving.
0: Absolutely. Well, you've been someone who has unapologetically uh, utilized your platform to speak out on racial and systemic injustice in our society. Right. And, and as our world continues to fight for equality and progression, uh, we've seen a lot of changes take place, uh, in particular in the world of sports. Uh, The Washington football team has literally changed their name to the Washington football team. Now, I know you and I have had our conversations in the past about the name change, why I believe it needed to be changed and so on. Uh, Shaggy, you've had some very strong opinions in regards to this entire situation. If you could, give the viewers and listeners a little bit of your take on the matter. Specifically Washington?
1: Yeah, in particular Uh, with that one, yeah. Well, in 1992, the Chiefs played the Redskins. I'm sorry, I know you don't say it. But I'm going to say it anyway. No disrespect to anybody. I know we want to be politically correct. But November of 1992, uh, the Washington Redskins came to Arrowhead Stadium to play the Kansas City Chiefs. And there was going to be a protest. Granted, the, most of the Native Americans that showed up were in support of the Washington Redskins and the Kansas City Chiefs. So the protest that was to be to protest both teams were in favor of both teams' names. So it kind of turned into a joke. Granted, that was 28 years ago. A lot of things have changed since November of 1992. But seeing it and and knowing that there were a lot of Native Americans that were okay with the names, you know, I was okay with the names. But if you ask me, hey, Shaggy, what does redskins mean? I'll be the first to say it is a derogatory uh, remark made uh, about Native Americans. And uh, I understand why people are upset with it, but we have to also understand that when the Washington took Redskins took that name in 1938 or 1933, they weren't trying to upset Native Americans. They weren't trying to upset anybody in particular. But fast forward to the year 2020 and seeing everything we have gone through from racial injustice to uh everything that's happened since then, I can understand why they're saying, hey we've been concerned about this Washington Redskins name for quite some time. Uh, I myself wish, this is just me. I know it's, I don't speak for you guys. I myself wish they would have called themselves the Washington Redskins one more year. That way they could have had kind of like a going away. This is the last year we'll be the Washington Redskins. So they can anticipate a changing of the name the next season, because having it be called the Washington football team, it's kind of like, you don't want to laugh at it because they were forced to drop the name. You can't say, oh, look, you're the Washington football team because they were forced. They were like, you got to change your name. you got to get out of here. you got to, you, got to, you got to change the name. So it's kind of hard to laugh at it. You just kind of look at it and go, man, I wish they would have kept the name one more year and then changed it in 2021.
0: I came out and stated on last week's show that I, I strongly believe that until Lamar Jackson can play at a high level in the playoffs or when a playoff game held just beat the Chiefs once – the, the Chiefs are the only true Super Bowl contender in the AFC. Am I wrong?
1: Gosh, the Baltimore is a distant second. But until Lamar Jackson can show that he can play in the postseason. You know, as Pat Mahomes Sr. tells Pat Mahomes Jr. or Pat Mahomes second every game, especially in the postseason, big players make big plays in big-time games. Lamar Jackson in the playoffs – Oh, my God, he's terrible. He's playing two postseason games at home, and he's terrible. So that's the Chiefs' distance second. So I love the Chiefs' chances of
0: being the team in the AFC, especially this year and moving forward, sure. You know, you and I have had our varied opinions about Andy Reid as a a head coach, and, and now that he's won a Super Bowl here in Kansas City, I think that our opinion has been strongly on the side that we wouldn't want anybody else here in Kansas City to, to lead this team, but the question now is how long. And we've had uh, Kent Swanson from Arrowhead Pride on the show recently, and I asked him the same question. I'm going to ask you, uh, Shaggy. In my opinion, I think I think Sh- uh, Andy Reid's going to be coaching this team until twenty at least twenty twenty five, um, where make I'm going believe sixty seven years old. How long do you foresee Andy Reid being the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs?
1: I'm going to agree with you right there. I'm going to agree with you right there. <laughs> I know people are concerned because I, people say, "Well, Pete Carroll's coaching this way, and Bill Belichick's clo- uh, coaching. Pete Carroll's coaching this long, and Bill Belichick's coaching this long. Andy Reid's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Andy Reid's the best Kansas City Chiefs coach in. Is the best ki- coach Kansas City Chiefs have ever had. The win loss record, the divisions, the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship game, drafting Patrick Mahomes speaks volumes. That's why Andy Reid is the man. But I think the only only thing that we've ever been negative to him on, and this is this is just us. We people go back to our last, our old podcast, our old YouTube page. Any criticism that we have ever had on Andy Reid was because of his loyalty, to Bob Sutton and our feelings that we felt Patrick Mahomes should have been inserted his rookie season because when Alex Smith was losing late in seventeen. We were getting frustrated. We were like, okay, put Patrick in. And when we got to the AFC Championship game of loss, we knew that it was because of his loyalty to Bob Sutton. But that's in the past. It's done. Andy Reid made the necessary changes. And it's without a doubt that he's set up. Andy Reid is definitely set up for the next five years. And I hope and pray that we can keep at least Mike Caffey, because I think Eric Viennick is gone. I think Bill O'Brien is going to get fired after this year. I'll stick to that prediction. And Eric Bieniemy is going to go to Houston with Deshaun Watson, and uh, that scares me. Do I have an in, Do I have an inkling on it happening? Do I have a source on that happening? Hell no, but I can see it happening. <laughs> yeah. I can see the Texans falling on their face and bringing in a freaking Eric Bieniemy, especially after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year
0: again. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. I actually, I do agree with you in the fact that I do believe this is Bieniemy's last season in Kansas City. I actually have him going to the Jets after Adam Gase gets fired. Uh, right. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be fun to watch out though because if I agree if if the enemy gets his hands on Deshaun Watson that can definitely be a dangerous little duo that we have uh, in Houston just south of us here in Kansas City yeah. and, and speaking Bro. of speaking of the NFL as a whole um, you and I have talked a little bit in our own pre, you know, private times but I, I want to ask you uh, Shaggy what is your opinion on the 2020 season as a whole do you are you optimistic that we're going to have football this year or do you think that there's a legitimate chance we don't see the chiefs or any team play for that matter this season
1: i'm concerned I, I, i'm just got to tell you i am concerned we have a situation where people are dying hospitals are overfilling i mean every day there's we're averaging 2000 more deaths a day it's it's scary and when you get players like Damian Williams, I mean, we're going to speak for the Chiefs here. We get players like Damian Williams and Laurent duvernay tardif who are anxious to come back and be returned for their Super Bowl winning championship team. And they're opting out because we're dealing with a virus that is not good in America. Granted, everywhere else, Europe, it's getting better and it uh, other countries is getting better. But it's out of control in America because we have bad leadership. I'm not going to get off on a political tangent here, but we know why we have bad leadership from the top. So it sucks. Uh, moving forward, do I think we'll play? I hope so. I'm going to miss being at the home opener. I'm going to miss being in Tampa Bay. I was going to go to the Buccaneers game and see the Chiefs play in Tampa Bay on November 29th. That's some serious doubt. That sucks because the Chiefs only play in Tampa Bay once every eight years. And I've been to Tampa Bay so many times. I went to their old stadium in 96, Raymond James in 2001. It's an amazing stadium. It's not Arrowhead, but it's still amazing. I love Tampa. It's my second home. So I'm quite pissed off that I'm not going to get to go to Tampa Bay this year and see my Chiefs play Tom Brady. But as for a season, man, I hope and pray we get it, brother. I hope and pray we get it.
0: Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't finish tonight's conversation off by asking you a very serious question. What's up, brother? Is the beard coming back? I mean, I, no. know, I know we're talking about the Chiefs running back to her, but we really need to discuss the Shaggy Shane grow it back to her. Is it coming yeah, back? My, I
1: love the question, but no, it, 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 it was a one term beard like our president. So it was one, I had it for four years. It was the four year beard and that was it. You know, it was, it was a beautiful ride. I got to color it a whole bunch and use some great Casey beard company stuff. You Thank you, Lance. And, uh, But no, I'll probably stick it like this. That's it. It was a beautiful ride. We had some good beard fun. (laughs) And uh, that's about it, pal. I guarantee you, when you shave your beard, you'll feel the same way. (laughs) I guarantee
0: it. Well, from a man who has the experience, I guess I'll just take your word for it, and uh, we'll find (laughs) out when that day comes, if it actually does come. But, uh, Shaggy, real quick, an additional question. Where can everybody find you on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else, man? Shaggy Shane on YouTube, Shaggy Shane uh, Chiefs. You'll just put in Shaggy Shane Chiefs,
1: and uh, you'll find me. I have over three thousand subscribers and followers, lovers, haters, spammers, <laughs> screamers. Uh, and I'm on. I'm not on Twitter that much. I know that kind of speaks for my age. I'm 50. I, I get on there sometimes. I see what you're saying and Ian Rapport saying and what Sammy Watkins is saying. <laughs> but for the most part, I, I just I can't tweet every day. It, I just I guess it's my age, but I get on there and I tweet sometimes, uh, but I'm on Facebook under Shane Williams. And uh, that's where you can find me. And I will be back this season. Lord and pray. Hope and pray we get one, baby! (laughs) Well,
0: that's our guy Shaggy Shane Williams. If you're not following him already and you're following us, you're doing this wrong. Uh, You should be finding us after you've already found Shane, and he's the one leading you to us, so you're doing this backwards. But go find my guy Shaggy Shane Williams. He's the best. I'm telling you guys, he is the, the OG Chiefs fan that you want to know. He's got all the stories. He's got incredible viewpoints. He's got incredible insight. And he's passionate, as you can clearly see. And I'm still holding out hope that one day he decides to grow that beard back. But until then, my guy Shaggy, <laughs> hey, seriously, man, send my love to Tracy and the girls and, and the dogs, man. I, I love you guys. I appreciate you taking this time on your Friday night. And you are always welcome here on this show, man.
1: Love you guys. Thank you. Lance, you know you're my brother. Man, we've had so many freaking good times together. I uh, hope it continues and this pandemic's clear gets cleared one day and you're sitting in my studio or I'm sitting in yours. But until then, we will Zoom, baby.
0: That's right, brother. That's right. Thank you so much, Shane. Go Chiefs, baby. That's our guy Shaggy Shane. Thank you so much again, guys. Uh, follow him on all social media platforms. He says he doesn't tweet a lot, but when you're retweeting Sammy Watkins, you're you're doing good on Twitter. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, guys, Gat's got some chat to do. She has some questions on her mind, and I cannot wait to answer those questions that she has for us. We'll get back to that after this.
1: Are building a religion, a limited edition we are now accepting callers for these key mid coast modern is a kent city focus on modern handmade and small brands a resource for design centric home goods apparel jewelry artwork and limited edition gifts we support makers artists from the mid coast and bring in goods from makers artists around the us to offer a unique
2: selection
0: And yo! back at it again on the spoken podcast for segment number three i am your host lance twidwell here inside the kcp and studios with my guy trevor twidwell what's good and the one and only miss gat how we doing tonight miss gat
2: great i'm on camera again like hey guys <laughs> how are you i'm always like behind the scenes like a creepy wizard
0: It's <laughs> <So, laughs> literally the wizard on she's yeah, behind really the veil like, this I is true i'm not
2: just a green monster. every once in a while what's she up? decides
0: to peek her head out and say hey look guys i still exist and all this stuff so <laughs> I think we have
2: been on camera since 5 30 this morning i
0: don't know That's you've been killing day. it today the, 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 <laughs> i i from the little bit that I got to watch today I really did enjoy it I'm really glad you're back at it Uh, you guys need to be following her work at GAT Chats and Sprouts Takes Sprouts GAT she's got some awesome content guys I know I know she's ready to go because obviously she's taken the year to do a lot of other projects but now she's got some time to do this and I couldn't be more excited to see what she's got for the KCPN network as well so we just got done with our guy Shaggy Great, incredible interview, incredible time. Uh, I always love talking with that dude. I mean, he's literally one of my life buddies. He is one of my closest, dearest friends. He's always been a fair... Good person to me, and he's also an incredible Chiefs fan, which is a a two-for-two in my book. So if you missed that on the live stream, it will be on the podcast. It will be on YouTube. Go subscribe to KCPN on both of those, and you'll be taken care of, obviously. Uh, But real quick, before we get to Gat Chats uh, with the questions that she has for us, I did want to get Trevor's thoughts on this real quick because he's been just hanging back all night so far. Uh, In regards to LDT and Damian Williams, uh, opting out how how what is your overall sense with this and how much do you think it affects the Chiefs going into 2020
3: I mean it affect. you can't say it doesn't affect it but I mean it's minuscule in my mind I I, I trust like it like we've talked about, like what you guys talked about with 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 Brett Veach and Andy Reid, their abilities to find you know fill in guys and in my mind those two guys as much as we you know as much as as, as braggadocious as is shaggy was about Damian Williams, Damien Williams was kind of one of those diamond in the rough type of guys that had his moment. Could have been the MVP in the Super Bowl. You know, he was neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes, as MVP of the Super Bowl. Right? He was amazing um, in the entire postseason. Um, so I'm not going to downplay his abilities and what he did for this this team. You know, last year in, in any way. But um, the fact that we drafted you know Clyde it was, it was you know uh, it was huge in itself and the foresight of our front office. You know, to 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 add that depth to the running back room. Obviously, it shows that they are prepared and we're de- we're, are, are depth at every position. So um, as far as the offensive line goes, I think we're going to find moving, movable pieces, rotational guys that will come in and fill that role for LDT. Um, I don't think he was some kind of superior talent. As much as I liked him, I think he was, he was good at what he did. He's replaceable. Damian Williams will leave a little bit more of a gap um, as far as you know, what he did for this team. But again, running backs and Andy Reid's system. It's a proven thing over the entirety of his career that he finds guys that will get the job done at that running back position. So I'm not, you know, worried about it. Um, I definitely think uh, uh, um, what's his name from the Raiders, um, DeAndre Washington. DeAndre Washington. I no, I like he's the only him. One
0: that remembers his name. He's like I the, don't know. Like been the only
3: one that. Team well, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I, I just yeah. It's been a long day for me, so I was just drawn a blank on him. Um, no, I I actually,
0: Shaggy was kind of like I think it was deep. De- no, no, yeah. D'Angelo. I think he called DeAndre. DeAngelo, DeAngelo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no,
3: I actually like his his abilities. He's similar to a Clyde edwards holaire He has that similar, almost body type, and he's a typical Andy Reid running back, which I like the pickup. Him and Mahomes have a history, uh, so the chemistry is probably going to be fairly easy there um, to develop.
0: So and he's got I, more to prove because he's under a contract year too, right? And
3: and he's and he's in this, within the same division as he was with the Raiders. The Raiders let him go. Yeah, you know, so that that adds. There's always that. To when you yeah when you stay within the division to yeah. to prove that team wrong for letting you walk um, and not paying you or keeping you around or making you feel value valued um, so I like him as a, as a, as a backup as the direct backup to Clyde because obviously Clyde is going to be the guy I think he's going to get touches up the ass um, so um, as far as like there being some kind of like you know pit in my stomach feeling when those guys opted out no that's not there um, I think we're one of the like you said we're one of the few teams that could you know, bear two, uh, you know, important pieces of our team, our starting running back from last year, our starting Super Bowl running back, you know, opting out, and we don't, you know, miss a beat. You know, I think we're maybe the only team that could do that because we're seeing the shit that's going on in New England right now. Uh, We could be dealing with a situation like that. So, no, honestly, there's no terror. There's no, you know, like I said, pit in my stomach feeling where I, I, I feel worried about it at all. So I think we'll, I think we'll, Keep the continuity going. I think we'll, our our spirits are still high. Um, I'm not saying there's there still could be guys that opt out. You know, eventually, who knows? Um, knock on wood. Nobody else does. Nobody of any importance, anyways. But I do trust this front office, and I do trust um, 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 Brett Beach and, and Coach Reed to find guys to fill. You know, even as the season goes on, we've seen it with injuries. We've seen you know them find ways to win. We've seen them fill uh, positions that. You know, we lost due to injury and still found success. So I'm not worried at all, honestly.
0: Well, they have till uh, the players, uh, the NFL players have it. I believe until Monday, August 3rd, to, to opt out or yeah. not. Uh, so they do have a few days. They have uh, the weekend to really think about it. And I, I definitely think there is impact when you see guys like LDT in particular. Yeah, um, that is a doctor that is willing to sacrifice essentially his career to do so and we talked about that last week um, so I, I do believe we're going to see other names whether it's on to be on the Chiefs or not I don't know right uh, we heard Travis Kelsey and Tyron Matthew talk on uh, radio this week and local radio uh, addressing some of these matters and it sounds like they're very confident that the m- majority of the team is going to stay in place um, which is obviously what we want to hear especially if it means that they can stay safe while playing and contending and, as well. and I do so.
3: believe Damian Williams will would be here if it wasn't for his family. Absolutely. Situation. I don't no think he he's he's worked his ass off to get just to where he was and, and, and took advantage of the biggest opportunity
0: of his yeah. life last year and flourished. And you can hear it in his voice, too, when he's being interviewed, that it was it's a tough thing. I Absolutely. Mean, like I talked about, it's a tough decision for yeah. any player that knows because the window is so short, let mm. alone being on a great team like this to pass up on the opportunity has to be something significant. And I'm just glad and no question. That's and I'm just glad he was able
3: to have the success that he had last year to, you know, feel, you know, Okay with making the decision. Obviously, it's his mother. So yeah. either way, if he made if he had success last year or not, I, I mean, I don't blame you for making the decision that he did. So I'm all. just glad he has that ring
0: on his finger while doing that. With his not mom. at all, I agree. uh So let's get to Gat chats. Yeah. Uh, what are the questions tonight, Gat That you have for us? It's always nice to have you in this situation because usually Eddie's is always abroad somewhere, and you know Gat's here with us. <laughs> I just feel like you know. She, she really brings it home. I feel like we're, we're just one big happy family in here. Yeah. But you know what? We miss our guy, Eddie. But I'm willing to you know, sacrifice a night with Eddie to hang out with Gat and to you know, hear her voice a little bit more often. In fact, I've had some really good responses. The, the fans like you. The, fans, the <laughs> viewers like when Gat's on the Spoken Podcast. So I take this opportunity whenever we get it.
2: I think I should start out with the yo-yo-yo.
0: <laughs> there uh, it is. Copyright infringement. Absolutely.
2: I'm going to hear from Eddie's lawyers at like any minute now. <laughs> or Eddie's super fans. And they, Are you fucking kidding They're at the door right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be like a housewives moment. Like, it, we're just going to clear out. Check, for, check for Donnie in
0: the chat. Yeah, yeah, it's know. like 9 o'clock at night yeah. and they're wearing glasses. You know they're for real, man. Uh, <laughs>
2: everything that's been going on in the chat has been hilarious. Uh, I want to say shout-out to Stephen York. Uh, they're with River Region Rasslin, if you guys haven't paid attention to that yet. Um, they do a live stream on Tuesdays. Uh, they say as a saints fan, I really like that Patrick kid running y'all's offense. And I'm like, it almost seems like they think that like, because he's running the offense, we're going to be more flagrant and like messy. And I'm like, I don't think you guys realize this. Like uh, we're in what back to back years of him being number four quarterback. Right. Mm. Uh, I know it's too soon to talk about this, but at the same time, like why have people not woken up to Mahomes yet? Why do they not think he's the real deal? I, I'm wondering what it is, and it's not about other quarterbacks. It's not about Lamar Jackson or whoever the fuck they put in front of him. It's it's about why are people not sold on him? I think it has a
3: lot to do with him and the weapons that he has and the situation that he walked into, but then you can have the counter argument of Alex Smith had the exact same thing and the exact same situation. Obviously, that proves the, the talent difference between Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes, but I just think a lot of people, similar to – how I mean even with Lamar Jackson he walked into a good situation that, that Baltimore is one of the most well-known best coached teams obviously with Harbaugh as a great coach walked into a good defensive situation had weapons I don't understand honestly why people are still sleeping on Mahomes and why he's the third ranked quarterback it doesn't make any sense um I, that that whole ranking was
0: a players
3: mm-hmm thing, Right, yeah, and Siren
0: Matthew even addressed that on right. uh, when he was getting interviewed a couple days was ago. It in, so was, it was in November, though, wasn't it last I year? Saw. So it, he was he was being interviewed. It, it, it's basically a press conference just on Zoom, right. uh, and he was addressing all the questions from various beat writers for whatever wherever they're coming from. You know, in regards to Chiefs content, and uh, the question was asked uh, about that particular uh, poll or list, and Tyron Matthew said that according to Tyron Matthew, his experience is. They ask these guys to fill out these these dockets, basically, after practice. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't like that. He hates it because he says, at that point, when it's hot as shit and you're tired as shit and you just got in signing like 300 autographs, you just want to go eat and relax and get an A.C., the last thing you're trying to do is fill out a docket about right. your peers and who's the best at what. So these guys are just filling stuff out They're like, hey, who's having a better season this oh, – who, who, you know, who did good last year? They just fill that name out. When well, Mahomes
3: so- was hurt dealing with injuries and we had lost – Two, two home games, I believe, during that
0: that sp- that
3: time span when they're doing those rankings. So and yeah, Lamar Lamar really, was absolutely okay. bawling. So yeah.
0: so so I I yeah. get the I get the context of it. I just don't know if I necessarily believe that that's what the NFL does or the NFL Network does. Rather, right? I, I think that they do because every single year you have this what the hell are you talking about type of thing. Like even in this one in particular, they don't have Carson Wentz in the top 100. But they got Josh yeah. Allen in the top 80. Right. Like that's crazy. Hello. Are you guys yeah. Josh Allen <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying. It's like Carson Wentz is clearly a better football player, yeah. let alone quarterback,
3: yeah. than Josh Allen. Well, they had Kyler Murray behind Josh Allen too, you know what which, I'm which I, I, I still think I think Kyler Murray is obviously obviously the better player. But Josh Allen, yeah, people um, are
2: still sold on the guy, and that's why I mean the yeah. Eddie the Eddie Hour questions are strong. He does mention why was Lamar Jackson. Uh, number one in the NFL top 100, so that's kind of segues into that question.
0: Yeah. why why Lamar Jackson? Well, and let me opinion. let me first address like I, like I stated earlier. I, I naturally hate these lists. I think they're again just show fodder just to get the NFL network through this tough starter. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to answer the question, if I'm looking at it from a perspective of someone that actually thinks that way. Uh, I think it's just the it's you're caught up in the moment of him having such a statistically dominant season. He was so fun. He was basically like that that retrofit of Michael Vick of the early two thousands where it was it's flashy and it's cool. It is, it's exciting. I love watching Lamar Jackson play football. But that but is he the best at what he does? No,
3: not saying that at the same time begs the question to me to why wasn't so if that's the case. Then why it wasn't Patrick Mahomes number one last exactly. year? Exactly because he was he by far and away the best player in the league and was yeah. the MVP of the league last year and threw for five thousand and fifty. So why, if that's the same argument, that's got to you know stay the, consistent. And,
0: and this is my theory again. I think if it, I don't, I don't personally believe these players are the ones filling these out. I think the NFL Network does it, yeah. and they they discuss amongst <laughs> themselves how do we get as much uh, traction and traffic and clicks as possible. Who's the most polarizing figure in the NFL? Patrick Mahomes. He has been for the last two seasons, right? How do we con- bring controversy out of this? You put him lower than he should be. If they put him at number one, everyone's going to go, yeah. And they move on. There's no yeah. controversy. Yeah. But if you drop him, not one spot, two spots, but three spots, what are we doing right now on our show? We're literally talking about this. Yeah. It worked. I think that's what they're doing because again, you have names that should have been on the list that weren't even on the list at all. You have Tom Brady at 14. For <laughs> Christ's sake, Tom Brady's the 14th best. The dude yeah. needed a wheelchair that's to just, go to the sidelines, name,
3: guys. Name value is and he's
0: the just... 14th best player in the NFL. Yeah, my my ass, no <laughs> way. So that's what I think happened. If you want to get me triggered, that's working. But it's not yeah. – it, I'm just, I'm just going to leave it right there. Honestly, I think it's all I don't, just yeah.
3: a setup. I don't even give a shit about that list. It doesn't, yes. It's meaningless to me.
0: And it's de- but Patrick Mahomes is going to use it.
3: He's right. going to use he, it, and he, I love he, it. Yeah, he he put the little
0: that. check mark. Yeah. He's like, oh, bet. just more fuel cool. fire. I mean, then thank you. Thank notes. you. Yeah, Taking they, them notes, they, baby. Take them notes. Just the right. a
2: little meme. Uh, there is actually a civil battle going on in the chat tonight. I guess Donnie and Billy are arguing over Eddie uh, imagine Billy, that. Since Billy drink, <laughs> I guess mine. Donnie thought he saw Eddie give Billy a margarita and now they're fighting because oh, I shit. don't drink and it's like, is that a flavored water? So apparently they're Eddie, on the get your train just like you are. Get I would, imagine, hose, that right? Billy, I
0: would imagine, imagine that Billy holds onto that moral high ground when he's around people that know him to be that guy. Yeah. But I think around Eddie, there's a margarita or two around yeah. I, I, I Yeah, Eddie changes his last name for him. That's the least he can do is drink it's a margarita least, with yeah. Eddie. Even if yeah. it's a virgin margarita, no one's going to judge you.
2: Just get a little salt in there. You're good, you're good. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of the Patriots Since you brought up Tom Brady yeah. You know And they're all crying Because Tom Brady's not there anymore It is kind of funny
0: to watch Oh yeah like, what,
2: Patriots fans are like Who gives a fuck The empire season. is burning
0: The empire is burning How they is that care. not entertainment How is Tom, that not they, uh, they got Cam Newton yes.
2: Eddie is really wondering Are the Patriots tanking For Trevor Lawrence
0: Okay Now Trevor You guys know this I have been saying this for I how long? I fucking hate this Uh-oh. shit. I've been Wait, saying this for how long? Thong, Jesus. Now, I understand the circumstances are different because we didn't, when, when this all was happening, I didn't think that we'd have eight or seven or eight Patriot players opt out due to COVID. But I was of the belief because of the roster's issues, because of the fact that at that time, they didn't have a proven quarterback or a quarterback we even know is worth a damn. Because of the fact they have 15 draft picks and knowing good and well that there are not one but two really good quarterbacks coming out in this draft, it makes all the sense in the world that 43-year-old Tom Brady is gone. Bill Belichick is going to do what he can to get himself as close to as possible, getting that next star quarterback to rebuild and basically make a volume two or hoping to make a volume two of said dynasty he created with Tom Brady. There's no way in the world he's going to go and get a six round quarterback and do what he did with Brady. That ain't going to ever happen again. That's an anomaly. What he has to do is go and get himself a top tier talent. I believe Cam Newton, we address this, Cam Newton will make them better, but are they good? No. So that is the point. I think they're going to be bad this year. I'm going to stick with it. I think the Patriots are going to suck. And I do believe they're going to do everything in their power to fight the Jaguars to get Trevor Lawrence in the 2021 draft. Uh,
3: I definitely don't think they're tanking. I don't, I just cannot for the life of me come to convince myself that Bill Belichick is going to tank a season. I just don't. He's just. he's never proven to be that guy. Um, he's always, you know, done his job to, to win the game. Um, do I think they're going to suck? I don't know. Now, this has been so up and down for me. Cause at moments I feel like when Cam Newton initially went there, me and he, you were having a conversation at the house. About how he felt about it, I was pretty confident that they were going to win. You know, ten to twelve games again, um, which I still feel could definitely happen just off the sheer will of of Cam Newton's abilities, Um, if he is who he is, if he is that Cam Newton that we know and love. um, I just there's still a way they could find you know to get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the only I guess the only way they would be able to get Trevor Lawrence is to tank, but I just can't see. I just can't see Bill Belichick tanking the season. I just can't see. I know they've lost some defensive pieces. I still think they can be competitive in the AFC because the AFC's talent pool has dipped a little bit, and we have people trying to, you know, you know, we have like teams like the Broncos and the Chargers trying to make, you know, make a name for themselves in the AFC. But I still think the Patriots will be a contender in the AFC. I truly believe that with Cam Newton. So no, I do not believe that they're going to try to tank. You know what else, Trevor couldn't see Tom Brady leaving the Patriots.
0: How'd that work out? That wasn't
3: just me. I mean, that was an awful lot of. Yeah. because I, I mean, like they, they, I mean, Bill Belichick had an awful successful season with a, a guy named by the name of Matt Castle. So and that was with the lesser defense that he has and now. And now he has, and now he has Cam Newton at the helm. So I think they'll be OK. I, I personally think <laughs> they'll man,
2: it. I got so much shit for saying on Midwest Mike's fully loaded uh, that on the Mount Rushmore of Chiefs athletes. I would put Matt Castle in the very back, mm. glaring at everyone, just reminding us how far we've come from sixty-three million dollars on <gasps> him and fucking Vrabel came the same year, I feel yeah. like. And Vrabel was a coach like a season later. Like, no, Matt Castle will like, be
0: on the Mount Rushmore. He's the guy that's cleaning the faces to yeah, keep it's, them it's, nice and like, sharp. So when the sun hits it, it looks real nice and beamy. Exactly. He's gonna be on the Mount Rushmore. He's just the guy working the, him and Debo, the night man. crew. The night shift.
2: I feel like it's got to be a question because the NBA is going on right now, and I mm. feel like that's where a lot of Eddie's focus is. Maybe he's betting on it more. I don't know. Um, he wants to know why the Lakers struggled to beat a Clippers team who was missing six players, right? Is it, is it COVID? Is it, <laughs> is, it, is it just depression? Is yeah. it missing their friends? Like what, mm. What's going on there?
0: Well, okay, let, let me put it like this. The NBA went at a complete standstill in early March. They did not play any type of games or any type of activities until literally a couple weeks ago. The Lakers are one of the older teams in the NF and the NBA, which means it's going to take them some time to really get back to what they were. Now, luckily, they have one of the best teams in the NBA roster wise and on paper, and they have the two of the five best players in the NBA today. That's what got them over the hump yesterday. What's funny to me, though, is that everyone's sitting here talking about I've, I've seen it all over the place, not even just Eddie's question. It's the fact that everyone's giving excuses to the Clippers. The same team that's done everything in their power to take the regular season, the first regular season and this regular season, as little seriously as possible. They have not taken any of this seriously. They've just thought they're going to write it all out and they'll just end up in the finals and that'll be that. But that hasn't worked out for them whether they were healthy or not because they didn't play a lot of games together as, start, as, a, as a, a full-fledged nucleus all season long. They have had injuries, yes. You know who else has had injuries and players missing? The Lakers. They don't have Avery Bradley. They didn't get Avery Bradley, who hit six three-pointers against the Clippers the last time. They don't have Rashawn Rondo, a a profound veteran who I'm not big on anymore, but is a big-time brainiac. The guy is super cerebral and knows the game, could absolutely help this team out from an analytical standpoint. They don't have those guys. Not to mention, LeBron James had his worst shooting night of the season last night. So we can make all these excuses for the Clippers, which I understand they didn't have their full team. They haven't had their full team all year. And the Lakers, once again, had their own obstacles to overcome. The layoff, LeBron playing shooting horribly until the fourth quarter. Anthony Davis disappears in the fourth quarter, scored zero points in the fourth quarter, still overcame that. No Avery Braddy, no No Rashawn Rondo. They still found a way to get it done. They had Deion Waiters, who didn't play for all of last season practically, practically playing starter minutes last night. So, yes, the Clippers deserve some excuses because the excuses are valid in some regard. But the Lakers have their own, too. So them winning a a two a one-possession game shouldn't really shock anybody because both of these teams know each other so well. They're both equally talented. I, last I checked, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both started healthy last night. There is no excuse as to why they couldn't win that game either. So we can flip that on the Clippers, too. Yeah, and they both
3: and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both played well. They both scored, you know, twenty eight to thirty points apiece, right? And they both had an opportunity to to win the game at the end, but they didn't. Um, either way, I mean, we're talking about the two of the best teams in the Western Conference, the Western Conference facing each other. Um, both who had, both teams who had their number one their number one and number two players available who were playing. So that that's all you really need to worry about going in. So it's it being a closer game isn't a negative on the Lakers and it isn't necessarily a negative on the, on the Clippers. It was just a good game. And if we're being honest, LeBron, obviously this is the first game playing in months, right? On a, on a neutral court, right? Where there was no home court advantage or no, no extra, uh, uh, um, boost, uh, for a a team being a visitor team, because we know you get a boost being a visitor team too, because you have to overcompensate by not having the fans backing you. So sometimes that gives you a boost too. So that's, this is a whole new extreme for everybody. We've seen almost every single game has been closed so far. There hasn't been an absolute blowout yet. Um, that's because we've seen teams have leads and double-digit leads and blow those double-digit leads. And the other team takes a double-digit lead and then they blow it because it's all neutral right now. Everyone's playing on a neutral court. Um, it was an entertaining game. LeBron definitely looked rusty. Um, AD was rusty at, at moments as well, but he definitely had a great third quarter uh, which boosted them. Uh, um, but it was competitive all the way around and both teams were missing pieces. You know, so, uh, it so it's not really that big of a deal to me, honestly. I, and plus, like I said, this this the Lakers. All they really needed to do was put this game away, and then they can just coast the rest of this this bubble tournament, whatever yeah, you want what, to call it. Six and a it. half game this lead is what for I'm the saying. Seed, so this, yeah. this, this is not it's not worth LeBron going all out and risking his body. You know, game one of this bubble tournament to, for what? They're already the number one seed. All they needed really to do was put the Clippers away. They did enough to do that. Regardless if the Clippers had, you know, their 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 two best bench players or, you know, whatever. It doesn't to me that's not even the big the biggest talking point. The talking point is the Lakers won the game, LeBron closed the game, and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both had a chance to finish it too. And they didn't. So that's that's all you really need to know because in the end, all the LeBron haters want to talk about Did he win? Did he win? He won. Okay, so that's Kawhi
0: Leonard and the guys you like hit to hit the game winning shot and locked down not only Kawhi Leonard but Paul won George the in the same game. possession to end the game. Right,
3: and, and, then g-
0: and then gave a shout out to John Lewis.
3: And it's sports. Three minutes. And it's sports, man. How many times have we seen teams that were were, were the underdog or the the the, the 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 better team struggles against you know a lesser competition? It doesn't matter. The four the four superstars in that game were all available. They were all going at it, and the Lakers came out on top. That's all you really need to know. It doesn't matter if they won or by a blowout. Is Agreed. It,
2: Agreed. Right. Uh, Eddie is in the house. Yeah. What's
0: I up really yo 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 update
2: that? Uh, he goes, Lakers <laughs> sucked. That's that's his company. Eddie, log he off here. for the night. You're I drunk know. again. Uh, everyone's Go really watch excited some football, Eddie's buddy. Here. He had a cats. sip
0: of a margarita and he's drunk already. He, yo yo yo. <laughs> Shit. I guess I guess that's a thing. Um We just can't we can't avoid him. He's just always there. I'm just glad he's here because I just to
2: want pee. him to know that I'm trying to do his questions just justice. I, the bubble is a weird place to play sports, I feel like. It feels like summer camp,
0: but gay, prison yeah. at the same it's time. It's like an AAU tournament. It's an <laughs> right. Like tournament. LeBron and Dame, I think, both said, like it's like going to do a bid. You know, like you're, yeah. you're going to do time. Bro. And it's like,
3: surreal, too, seeing the other players from the other teams, like the Blazers and all them, just sitting there watching <laughs> the other game. It's like <laughs> high
0: school, man. Like back when we go on tournaments yeah. and like the other yes. teams are waiting to like get their ass kicked. That was usually us. But yeah. like we would sit there like, God damn, we have it to play weird. these guys? Fuck. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's not going to be good. It.
2: <laughs> so with the bubble thing, I don't know if how MLB is doing it, because it turns out that they're having a lot of problems figuring mm. out how to deal with COVID, uh, but the one, the one thing that we heard nonstop about was Joe Kelly, obviously, right? So Joe Kelly comes out, uh, talks some shit, throws some pitches, mm. uh, but he was suspended eight games, which is equivalent, like in bubble terms, that's 22 <laughs> games in a full season, is this the MLB telling pitchers that if they intentionally want to hit Astros players, they will be seriously punished?
3: <laughs>
0: Fuck it, dude. That's pretty much what the MLB did. The MLB—I yeah. mean, I'm sure this is going to shock everybody that's that's listening and watching this right now. The MLB handled this wrong. What? Yeah, breaking fucking news, guys. No. The MLB didn't do this right. Yeah. What
2: asked, I mean, what they I'm... also spent way too much time suing me, so I know <laughs> that they are not really good at time management. So well,
0: yeah, like... yeah. So, so here, here's the thing. Am I in support of someone throwing at a player's head? No. I don't think that's right. And I'm not going to defend Joe Kelly in that regard. But you know what else is worse than you know it's worse than than throwing at someone's head? Cheating to the point where you're actually winning a World Series because you cheated. Yeah, where was the discipline there? Joe Kelly plays for the Dodgers who got beat by that Astros team who won that World Series in 2017. You know where Joe Kelly was before that? The Boston Red Sox. And in 2017, guess where Joe Kelly was pitching? With the Boston Red Sox, and who beat the who beat the Red Sox in the 2017 ALCS? The Astros. Joe Kelly has a lot of vested interest in this. That's why he was calling Correa a little bitch and was giving him all the little smiley cry crybaby faces and said, "Go fuck off," because that was that was genuine anger. This is the beautiful thing about baseball. Whether baseball fucks things up or not. They police themselves as players because they know that the commissioner considers their own trophy that they had tried to achieve and fight so hard to get as a piece of metal. So they got no respect for that guy. So they got to take things. They got to take matters in their own hands. Joe Kelly took matters in his own hands, and him getting an eight-game suspension for simply trying to serve justice is err. It's 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 irresponsible it's reprehensible it's wrong it's any every word that Stephen a smith could come up with that's what it is it's just it's an embarrassment and the mlb quite frankly is an embarrassment we have an entire team going out and partying while we're resuming sports and now we don't we may not even have the sport through what five six seven games in yeah they said it could it thank could, you ron swanson they, i agree because i'm triggered right now they
3: said it could there's a report too that they could shut the mlb down by monday Again, if it's if it's if they start getting continuing getting more cases, honestly, and that's a lot of that's on the players too, uh, with this COVID shit. A lot of suppose a lot of players haven't been wearing masks, and you know, the spitting continues, and then you know the, no one's social distancing as far as I know. So a lot of that goes on the players too, and the MLB is just a a shit show right now. But yeah, the fact that they were so quick to to suspend him uh that fa- that quickly compared to how quick you know what the, the the duration of time it took them to suspend the astros and and the uh, the players there in that situation just the imbalance there is appalling it's just it's just another example of the shitty management of, of the MLB so it's honestly not a surprise to me but I honestly hope it continues it's the only part of the inter- real entertainment that's that's going on in the MLB right now so continue it Absolutely, yeah. Trevor, yeah. Trevor's here to see the city burn, huh? Yeah. Yes, burn it all I down. Mean,
2: if we're gonna like all go down in flames, we might as well be entertained by it all. So <laughs> that, that's not been the biggest
3: story of the MLB so far. It's that's not. the best thing. And then, yeah. his, and then his Instagram post was that—that was, was, that was actually his Instagram that posted that, right? Yes, that was. Yeah.
2: I, but that's the I thing about it. baseball is like no matter how boring it can be at times.
3: The oh, but the personalities, and yeah, the,
2: the, the tradition of it, and the, the way that they uphold that kind of
3: tradition. Eight games is hefty too.
2: I think we should hold up the Lynn Dawson tradition of smoking cigarettes at halftime
0: <laughs> and drinking a I Fresca. Think,
2: I think every quarterback should have to smoke cigarettes just so they can prove that it's know, they're that, that tough. That's awful. dude. Pat
0: Mahomes senior would whoop Patrick's ass if he was <laughs> caught smoking a Marlboro Red.
2: <laughs> can you imagine the, in the locker city? room? <laughs> That'd be more of a tra- like. Like I, we've got some bad news this week, guys. It's uh, it's a tragedy for people everywhere in Kansas City that Travis Kelsey. And mm. Kayla have appeared to break up. Is
0: that really a tragedy? Because I feel like a lot of ladies are loving that fact. Look,
2: I'm not thirsty. I'm not desperate.
0: I told her not. I'm to- not talking I, about you. I'm right. talking about. I'm seeing See, like, women I, on their. But like. I
2: can't relate. You know, I'm, I'm
0: very much a <laughs> saint. I told her not her to leave him. Never... But... Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. <laughs> My dad a saint. is Dorothy Mantooth. I am Dorothy Mantooth. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Yeah, I heard about this. Look, I try to stay out of the whole, like, personal lives of celebrities and athletes and stuff because, I mean, they, they don't care about mine. Why the hell would I care about theirs? They're humans just like I am. I just appreciate their profession. But, yeah, it's, you know, just because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of thought, like, that was a, a cool little thing that they had going on. And she's obviously gorgeous. He's, he's a great-looking dude. It makes sense they're together. I mean, you never want to see people, like, sad or miserable if that's, in fact, how they feel. But yeah. then again, maybe they're... Better off this way. I have no idea. I've never hung out with them together, so I have no idea how that goes. But we'll see. (laughs) We'll see what happens next. I I told
3: her. I told her not to leave him.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I saw Trevor's phone light up late at night. I'm not not worth
3: it.
2: It's just Kayla. No big deal. We're besties. Well, I mean, that's all we got for Gatchad slash the Eddie Hour. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. We get back. It's the Monday mailbag. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co mail time mail time mail time the mail's here back at it again on the spoken podcast for segment number four i am your host lance woodwell here inside the kcpn studios with my guy trevor woodwell what's good not eddie ortiz not mr yo 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 he decided to hang out with the family which i totally understand but that doesn't mean that he's not in line for a little bit of uh you know uh, jocularities if you will we got our lady miss gat here uh did, did, just got done with the eddie hour slash gat chats which we highly appreciate she's a multitasking tonight producing while entertaining the masses with us as we continue to roll through this show which seems like it's been flying freaking by yeah. uh we're gonna go to our favorite segment of the night my personal opinion because we get to interact with you guys a lot more directly which is the goal here which is why we even started doing the live stream to begin with uh we have ourselves the monday mailbag which we promote every single monday you guys post your topics, debates, discussions. Points, whatever you guys want to give us, and we're going to discuss it here on the show, so let's not waste any more time. Gat, what do we got in the Monday mailbag?
2: We've got a need that Donnie Couch needs some friends, okay? Like <laughs> we've got 33 th- question. No, I'm kidding. 30. Donnie, we're so glad to have you week after week. Uh, we got to start at the very, very top, so we're going to scroll all the way up here. Hey, guys, and my favorite member of the spoken and true backbone of the show, Lance Twidwell. Does Dave Taub deserve more credit for keeping the Chiefs' special teams consistent in his tenure?
0: Uh, yeah, I think I think he deserves a lot of credit. Um, guys like Dave Tobe get overlooked a little bit just because of the fact that it's special teams. And as we go further and further into the future, if you will, uh, special teams starts to be viewed a little bit more irrelevant uh, more and more every single year. But we got to remember that we've had incredible coaches like John Harbaugh Uh, go from being a special teams coach to being one of the greatest coaches of his generation. Uh, I don't know if that's ever going to be Dave Tobe. I think he's a little bit later in life than John obviously was when he took over the Ravens. Nevertheless, uh, Tobe has been here for as long as he has because he gets results. He gets things done. I I don't like some of the lack of awareness sometimes where the Chiefs get these stupid penalties. It seems like every single week. But overall, I mean, I don't think, and, and we're gonna do we're gonna do this really hard, real quick. Um, I don't Jesus. think the Chiefs have given up a single kick return since Dave Tobe has been here in the last seven seasons. I don't think they've given up a single kick or punt return since he's been their uh, special teams coach. So without question, Tobe deserves a ton of credit.
3: Yeah, I personally, honestly, I have mad respect and I love Dave Tobe. Um, especially, I think he was a he played a big, vital role for Tyreek when he first came into the league, um, learning how to utilize him. And we all saw Tyreek's breakout year. I mean, the year when he, as soon as he hit the field, I mean, he was an incredible, incredible weapon. I think you can credit Dave Tobe to that, to getting him ready and, and acclimated into the, the system. Um, and we saw, we, you know, like position coaches, positional coaches at the, that's a hard thing to do, because if anything goes wrong, you know, you're getting looked at immediately. It's not always the head coach that gets looked at immediately. In the end, it will be the head coach um, that pays for a lot of that and takes the brunt of the blame. Um, and any head coach would take the brunt of the blame for anything like that. But Dave Tobe's always been, a, 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 he's always displayed humility. He's always been the first to tell, you know, if, if there's a shitty moment in the game and a possibly cost him the game or was a vital part of the game that almost cost us the game. He's always the first to talk about it and admit his faults, um, not having his guys ready, or prepared for a certain play or whatever. But we also seen him have his guys ready, like big moments, like in the Texans playoff game this past season when that big turn of events play happened when the, you know, they tried to do that fake and we were ready for it. And Daniel Soros was there uh, or the ball popped up and, you know, we had guys ready to catch the ball with Darwin Thompson being there, just guys being alert and ready um it, it's that's a that's a tough position to coach um because you're you're responsible for so many guys you know so um and it's that's probably the most unpredictable part of football as special teams you know you never know which way the ball is going to bounce you never know what's going to happen who's going to get blindside blocked so many different things um so that's a lot of responsibility he's been one of the best at doing that um i do hope he has a a, a, a career as a head coach eventually in this league because i think he he will be a good head coach eventually but yeah Maybe I'll, I'll learn how him. to
2: pronounce his name. That'll be exciting. It's Tobe.
3: Tobe. Yeah, I, was I don't I've Tube. You
0: say Tube? tube? I've
3: heard, no, I've heard, tube. People, <laughs> I've heard people pronounce it
0: that way. I'm just saying. No wonder Donnie asked about the tube of toothpaste and then Dave Tube. Clearly, we've just been talking a, about the coach. There's so, so, oh, a connecting dots correlation here. Here. there. Yeah.
2: Uh, Donnie asked a really great question here. Um, he said, so far, and I know the NFL season is young, and is there a better candidate for the NFL Walter Payton Man of the Year award than LBT?
0: Man, that's a that's not. I don't even think that's a good question because I don't think there's any question. Um, there are some really good guys in the league. Uh, you have your Greg Olson's. You have you know you can name them. I mean, there's the great dudes in the league. Uh, let's chill on Breeze for just a second. But yeah, overall Breeze is a good guy. But great guy. Out of uh,
3: <laughs> well, he's donated, what five million.
0: No, no, he's yeah. Breeze has been donating the shit out of some money, so I'm gonna definitely give him some praise. But my point is, there's been a lot of guys that deserve that uh, that honor every single year to be able to sacrifice your career essentially, like I I said earlier, and and to to walk away from an opportunity of adding another ring, which could even potentially put people into other careers or even the Hall of Fame Mm. just because of ring totals. We've seen that consistently, too. LDT is saying, I'm going to walk away from all of those awesome opportunities to simply help those that need help. And and, and he doesn't even know what he's really walking into. And that's... I, I don't know if there's anything more honorable than that, to, to sacrifice your own wants and desires, something you've worked your ass off for tirelessly, watching game film late into the night, uh, snapping your freaking leg on the field, and coming back from that and putting up an incredible follow-up season and winning a ring. Like, I could continue to sing the praises of LDT, but to put it as bluntly and as honestly and as quickly and as efficiently as I possibly can, I would be rather disappointed if they did not award him that, just from the optics standpoint alone.
3: I mean, there's more examples to go as the season goes on because it's obviously this. It's not that's not voted on yet. There's a lot of things that could happen. J.J. Uh, Watt's always a guy up there for for what he does with that community. He's one of the best humanitarian people uh, as far as the, you know, a spokesperson for doing things for his community in this league. Um, what he did during the floods and all that stuff and in, in, in Texas was incredible. The guy's definitely always doing something. Drew Brees is always a candidate as well. There's a bunch of Uh, guys that are always up there in the running. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is always one of those guys. Um, So you can throw a bunch of those names in a hat. And there's always a guy that pops up, too, that does something. Um, Who knows? Patrick Mahomes could be one of those guys, too. You never know. Um, But, yeah, LDT, in my mind, as far as right now, I mean, for you to drop, you know, for you to leave your career in a dangerous game and then go into a more even more dangerous field uh, to provide help, you know, um, whether in Canada or in the U.S., no matter where he's doing it, he's you know he's he's using his expertise to help for a, a greater cause for the the community of this this country or Canada's country. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't get much more extreme than that. You don't sacrifice much more than that than what he did. So, he's definitely deserving of the award for sure.
2: I dig that. Um, so, we're going to stick with the Chiefs. We're going to get through a few of the Chiefs' questions that Donnie has. Uh, if Brett Veach continues to build up this linebacker core. With younger and faster talent, will it cover up for the lack of talent at corner, even though I can see Brett Veach continue to take late round corners?
0: Oh, it absolutely could because I've seen what this team can do without that said depth at linebacker, yet the corners continue to get the job done. Um uh, I, I wanna give and not to like go around Donnie's question, but I, I do think that although the corners position isn't elite in Kansas City, I think that they deserve a little bit more credit than what they get on a normal basis, because although they don't have, like I said, glamorous names and big-time recognizable figures, they've done very well. Bashad yeah. Breland and Charverius Ward, I mean, we've praised him on here. I think Charverius Ward is going to be the breakout player of the Chiefs this year. I truly believe that. I think he's going to finally start getting recognition because of his growth every single year we see it. Um, but to answer your question, Donnie, now directly, yes. If Willie Gay Jr. pops and this guy ends up becoming the next Luke Keekley or, fully expected. or uh, Bobby Wagner-style guy... Then yeah, we're not we're gonna be like what cornerback situation we don't I mean because the the middle of the field is gonna be so filled up and so strongly rectified that we're not even gonna be worried about the middle of the field more. Therefore, making the cornerbacks position and the safeties for that 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 matter even easier. And with Juan Thornhill now uh, on the pup list to start the season. You're gonna need your linebackers to be as, as 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 on point as possible. So yeah, I definitely think it's gonna help not just the cornerbacks, but like I said, the safeties and the guys up front, the interior defensive linemen. Their jobs are gonna be a little bit easier too. It's gonna to work out for everybody if these linebackers click. That's the that's the that's the beauty of being a cheese
3: fan right now. We 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 have depth everywhere already. Um, and the, maybe the most shallow positions we have is probably corner. Um, but we're building depth. It's been so long since so we've had depth like this on the defensive side. Um, we've had, we've always had, we've had good offenses here and there. We've had good you know, wide receiver cores and good. We've always had great running back production in Kansas City. Um, about to have more. Yeah, so I'm saying. So like, it's nice to have both sides of the field taken care of. Especially, it's just, it's a glorious feeling, man, to, to see the Chiefs have depth on defense. Um, but if you know me, if you ever talk to me about what I want, I always want more corners. I always want more corners. You can't have too many corners um, because they can, they can, you know, we've seen so many corners flame out, you know, and become stuck on an island and not be able to handle it. We could see Traverius absolutely fall off and shit the bed this season. That could very well happen. I don't expect it to because I think he's going to take the next step because he's already kind of overachieved, and I think he can build upon that. But I think the the biggest boost of what caused that last season for our our, our, our secondary to be that much better was and we've talked about it. Safety play. Tyron Matthew was the the biggest part of our defense last year. We needed that voice, we needed that leadership in the middle of the field, we needed that captain, which is what Eric Berry was supposed to be, and we were missing that. Now, now that we have Gay Jr., I think he can become that next DJ type guy too. That could be that vocal leader, that could be the athletic linebacker. So if those if if safety and linebacker the two captains of the the defense are taken care of, that only helps the corners so much more with the communication that's there and the leadership that's there. And Spagnolo is the mastermind behind all of it. Right. So I think Spag's system uh, and having depth at the corner position, which he's very, you know, big on the corners and developing corners. He's has, he has a rep, represent, uh, he has a resume of producing good corner production. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for adding consistently, adding more depth every season in the later rounds, mid to late rounds, you Know we have guys in our front office obviously that know how to, to snipe out you know late round talent, so I'm all for it.
2: I dig that. So, sticking with Chiefs once again, we got to talk about the big news at some point. Patrick Mahomes, our quarterback, is now part owner of the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, uh, Corey Alston says, What do you guys think of Mahomes becoming part owner of the Kansas City Royals? Personally, I think it's awesome, just another tie to Kansas City, and can't go wrong with that.
0: Yeah. I feel like when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, not just the man, not just the player but the man, it's it's like we're watching a movie of like the the coolest guy ever. Like I I was a big Game of Thrones guy, and and, and one of the uh, characters in that is Jon Snow, and I always feel like he was so morally sound in everything he did, almost, did almost to a point where you're frustrated with it's him. Annoying. Yeah. Be, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is Jon Snow in that regard. Like he does everything right as a person. Where you're like. Who are you? What planet are you from? You're not a human from from the earth. Because we always have errors. We always have flaws. What are your flaws? To to literally be... Imagine being 24 years old. Star quarterback in a city. And you happen to also be the part owner of the baseball team in that same city. I mean, even the Detroit Tigers who drafted Patrick Mahomes in, in, in the 2017 draft was like... Well, we knew he was going to get in baseball, but they're not mad. They're like they're saying it in jest. Like, he can't even piss off the team that drafted him, and he chose to take football over them. Like He does everything right, and I thought this was... like I did not expect this at all. I didn't expect that he was gonna, ever going to become the part owner of the Royals. I mean, I knew he was going to get into business and you know, endeavors and ventures and all those other cool things, but to hear it, it still didn't shock me, even though I didn't expect it, if that makes sense. like I didn't expect it to happen. When I saw it, I was like, eh, it sounds like something Patrick would do. Because he does everything right. And it excites the fans. It's great from a viewpoint standpoint. I think he's going to help the team make a comeback. I'm just kidding about that. But I think he's absolutely going to help this team move forward in the right direction. Just from the branding standpoint alone. Just from the fact that you know he's going to have a hand in something. I don't know how much he owns of it. But I think it's an awesome thing. I just think it looks cool. It makes everybody feel good. And honestly, we need things like this. We need some positive stories right now in this type of climate that we're living in right now. And Patrick Mahomes just continues to shell them out. So hats off, man. He
3: just continues to prove that he's the greatest thing that's ever happened to this city. Straight up. Not even just sports. I mean, just the, the pure happiness that he's brought. Like I said, not just sports fans, but just the city in general. He's one of the most recognizable pe- people in you know the United States already. It's just from his popularity and, and, and what he's done on the field, and the success he's had already at this, this ripe young age. Um, it's exciting. I, I, I mean he's a winner. So hopefully he brings that winning, you know, him having that share of the team and hopefully he can bring, you know, a winning mentality to the baseball team again. Um, you know, and, and, and and if he has any kind of say so or any kind of, you know, hand in the, in the basket of what's, you know, the, what moves are made or you know what, you know, rebranding or whatever. I think he's just, he's just a winner in everything he does. He's a talented guy. He's a smart guy. Uh, he was, you know, a well-raised guy. He's got a great head on his shoulders. Um, so, like I said, he's the, he's the best thing that's happened to this city. It feels kind of how it, it was with like Peyton Manning in, in Indianapolis, how there was like you know bars named after him, sandwiches named after him, street names and. Museums and all kinds of things. And that's it's going to be that and more with Patrick Mahomes here because this city's been so starved.
0: Like like somebody said on Twitter, like your your kids are going to be going to the Patrick Mahomes <laughs> yeah. Elementary School and it, the Patrick Mahomes High School. It sounds funny, but dude, there's going to be Patrick Mahomes East, yeah. Patrick Mahomes Southwest. Well, okay, you know, like, George
2: Brett never got like schools and shit named
0: after. No, him. This, this, we, this, this this is, is he's this, already this, surpassed. So here's Brett. the thing: here's,
2: he's completely gone past George Brett. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah because Super Bowl yeah. is like, a different thing. Our dad's
0: generation will always love George Brett because of what. Well, he was an, um, an amazing baseball player. Friend of the player. show, yeah. friend so, of the yeah. show, absolutely. Friend of the show, George But Brett. the problem for George Brett is, if you ask some of these people, he had a per, a people problem. Mm. Mm. He wasn't good with people. He what? was he was not in, he was very very just. Bah humbug type of person. I mean, I've heard the same story from fifty eight different people. Yeah, yep. Where you try to ask for an autograph, you go fuck off, go fuck yourself. Like that's the kind of attitude you're getting. Like, bro, you're my childhood here and you just crushed my soul. And I just asked for an autograph. You could say like, nah, I'm not feeling it. That's your prerogative. But to sit there and like literally, like verbally assault somebody yeah. just because they asked for your autograph, somebody who adores you, like that's some bullshit. Yeah, The
3: humility that comes with Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. That's what just man. It's, 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 it's a different. Like you said, he's like he's from another goddamn man. planet. He's from another planet, man. He's he's yeah. not. Like, George Brett's talent
0: yeah. was all-time, baseball-wise. Yeah. Yeah. But if, you can, person- if you could
3: create an athlete that has superstar potential or is a superstar already, not even in the making, he's already proven he's a superstar, he already has nothing to prove, and he's who he is, and he has the humility, and he's, a, you know, the way he delivers and, 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 you know, says things. He doesn't talk down to people. You know, you walk up to him anywhere, he's going to talk to you. It's not, He's never. He doesn't have that. He doesn't carry that
0: superstar mentality. Yep. If you had like if you had like an all like a franchise quarterback starting kit, yep. you just paste copy and paste Patrick Mahomes DNA. He's got it, and then you got it. And and I'm just, I can't. I'm,
3: Please I, don't get the idea. And though. we, sound,
0: I, like I we just, sound like homers. we sound like homers. Well, dude, it's
3: because we've been, we've waited for this moment, and I speak for a lot of people of the Kansas City area. This is something we've waited for. We've dreamt about this. And I this, agree. This is wet dream material, I, I, man.
0: I agree that it's obviously something we've been waiting for, but I, it's even better than what we expected. Right. Therefore, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. like to believe. Yeah, yeah. I would like to believe in myself that if Patrick Mahomes was to play for the Saints right. or he got drafted by the Cardinals or something, we'd be saying these same things. It just yeah. it wouldn't have as much meaning to if, us. Envy, we could just address it. It'd be like, like, through envy and, and, yeah. yeah, like and man, coven- we could have got we could treated it for the guy. And i would yeah. be sitting here getting triggered, a Ron Swanson type of trigger again. <laughs> Why, like, Why did we treat it for Patrick Mahomes? Now it's us us. Now now it's our turn Thank you That could have been us You know I could be sitting here Bitching about that Instead it is us That's why it sounds Like we're being homers We're really just Addressing the man And the player For what he really is
2: Right We're not used to Having nice things It's Exactly Don't blow
0: it It's new It's very (laughs) new
2: Um And we got Brian Herbert coming in. Uh, We had him join us a few weeks back as a new fan. Yeah, welcome back, man. So let's talk about something less positive. Breland's possible four game or more suspension, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So do we cut him and sign a number one? Uh, Logan Ryan is currently a free agent and available. Mm -hmm. Uh, He thinks that would be a good fit. Thoughts on the cut? Any good fits? If
0: if Breland Speaks gets cut, I I will probably give the Chiefs another standing ovation because I think Brett Veach made another awesome decision. This guy has been. He's he's been a waste of a pick in every meaning of the words waste of a pick. Um, the people I trust the most, which Game Study and Game Film said, this guy isn't even. He has really nothing to his game that even shoots off the board that makes you think that he has promise. Yes, he lost weight. Yes, he looks like he's in great shape and all that. I know guys that go to the gym every single day that can't play football. They're in peak shape. Um, that that's my point is that I think that uh, that Breland is. If there was a dark cloud over Kansas City at all when it comes to the Chiefs, kind of feel like he'd be him, but he's so irrelevant that it doesn't almost even matter that if he was to get cut, I don't even think it really makes show conversation as much. It might be a one-day thing, but then it kind of just falls into the ether of of sports news because, again, he's not even contributing to this team at all. They've done so much without him that I don't even think he matters. So if they could cut ties with that type of scenario and go get a Logan Ryan type of player who I don't even know what, what he would really bring to the table at this time. Solid player. He's a solid player. I don't know what he would bring to this team. I don't know what what his fit would be, but he is a name and I've seen him actually play football, which is something I haven't seen Breland Speaks do at the NFL level. So at this point, yeah, just cut ties with it if you can. If it's possible, just go ahead and do it because he was a horrible pick to begin with. I didn't even know he was facing suspension. What did Breland Speaks do? It was a performance-enhancing drugs if I'm not mistaken. Uh... Yes. I didn't even hear about it. Yeah, he, that. he took something that was on the list, the NFL banned, and, and he got caught. And like it, I, think I actually think this was in 2018 when he got suspended. They appealed it. It got moved forward, and then all of 2019, they didn't deal with it because he was out anyway. And now that he was making his comeback, I think he has to serve the suspension this season if, in fact, he ends up making the team.
2: Uh, hmm. I think they uh, were talking about Brashad Breland in this situation. So oh, Breland Spokes.
0: Okay, Brashad Breland's situation is a 40 year suspension because anything. of the cop situation. Right, the cop, so yeah, that sorry, my su- I didn't clarify that either. No, uh. you're right. Brashad Br- Breland. Br- Breland Spreaks had a uh, suspension too. Okay, right. Right. So there was a to sp- Okay, so yeah. we got that mixed up. The so Brashad Br- Breland, Breland with the- situation yeah, yeah, is a lot more heavy. I don't want to
3: cut Brashad Breland.
0: No, absolutely not. No, no, no. If it comes to Brashad Breland, I'm keeping him, even if he has to sit serve the the appeal. The appeal situation is is going to be difficult in itself. I don't know how that's going to work out. All I do know is that Brashad Breland has played a Pivotal role on this team to win a Super Bowl. We just got done talking about how Willie, if Willie Gay Jr. peaks and pops, it'll make the situation easier. But even if they, even if he doesn't, we've seen this Chiefs' linebacking core be absolutely abysmal, and the cornerbacks find a way to get the job done. Now, Kendall Fuller being gone from the uh, the uh, the secondary is going to make things a little bit more challenging. But Rashad Breeland has been the number one corner on this team for the last two years. I'm going to give him some respect and say that I think even if he serves a four-game suspension, the Chiefs have to make do without him for four games, that he's deserving and worthy of being on this team even after that.
3: I don't want to see him get cut. Yeah, our quarterback core is is very young still, and we need that veteran, that guy you know back there that's been there and done it. He's made big plays in big games, and that Patriots game last year was a big play. Yeah, Maybe the biggest play of the regular season. One of the biggest plays of the regular season. Um, so he, he, he has his moments where he, you know, that's almost any cornerback you're going to have moments where, you're, where you have a down, week or two um, but for the most part he was very consistent last year he made big plays um if he serves a you know a game or two suspension so be it he, he's not cut worthy in, in the slightest um he might be a knucklehead here and there but, but i mean that's <laughs> we've i mean i know we've cut guys for less but I, I think this new regime this new front office brett beach's ways he's not you know we're this isn't a marcus Peters situation um so yeah i i even though I do like Logan Ryan as a player, he would be, I think, a solid replacement if that did happen mm-hmm. um, because I think they're similar players, even though I would give the edge to Brashad Breland. Uh, but Rashad being being a, a part of that Super Bowl uh, team and being a part of the running back crew, I want to do it, everything we can to keep the guys, the continuity of those that you, crew together. You
0: probably should give us a four game suspension just for mixing up the question. Like uh, that. I think
2: it was well, it literally just said Breland, Breland. Yeah, yeah that's, it, that's why I was so confused. Like, well, Breland, Breland, I associated. Like, Breland, yeah, Breeland speaks. There. I, was like, I probably I should have about Yeah, Breland that Breland speaks. One.
0: Actually, did have a suspension in play yeah, so yeah, I, that's that's yeah. what I, I figured we were talking about. But yeah, Rashad Breeland.
2: Two totally different. Way yeah, way more no, valuable. Breeland, then we can wait. You just don't understand. Gosh, it's clearly everyone else's fault. Well, it's like when
0: you have a player like with a last name Smith or oh, Johnson. Man. You know you're gonna have like twelve dudes on that team it's with funny. that last name. We
2: do have an Alex Smith question oh, there we go. Um, because you know Great. he's finally after overcoming all of the. We've seen what he's gone through to get back on the field for sure. So doctors have cleared him to play football now. Donnie Couch asks if Alex Smith steps on the field this year. Is he automatically comeback player of the year? I know that might sound crazy, but come on, man. Like, the dude uh, like what, eating bacteria?
0: Yeah, like, kind of like what Trevor said in that regard uh, with LDT. Like, obviously, there's other guys that are going to be worthy of the award. I feel like if Alex Smith gets an opportunity alone, like, if, if, if the football team, the Washington football team, gives him an opportunity to say Dwayne Haskins gets hurt or he's not playing well and they, they're that desperate to get Alex Smith on the field and he plays decently and he actually surprises people and goes out there and plays good football then yes of course but him just getting on a football roster or getting on the field I don't think that's going to deem him worthy for comeback player of the year because even Eric Berry coming back from cancer it wasn't just the fact he came back from cancer that got him to comeback player of the year it's the fact he went out there and had an all pro season if he would went out there and played shitty football he's not winning comeback player of the year at the end of the day you still have to perform and so I think if Alex Smith goes out there and sucks ass or goes out there and kicks ass. That would be the determining factor, not just the fact he got back on the field. Yeah, he needs to be the go away player of the year because he needs to. Just, Amen. <laughs> he needs to just take this and just. And then we see that with all respect. Too. No, no, no. Yeah, like, I'm not oh, saying yeah.
3: as an individual. I mean, the, the sheer will that he had to keep, you know, his leg and to fight through it and to come back. I, I will not be able to watch Washington games, uh, Washington football team games, um, if he's out there. I just, I'll be, i every time the ball snapped, I'll be cringing. I just, I don't want to. I just don't want to see the guy get hurt again. I don't want to, like I said last time. It's just not worth it, dude. You're gonna. want we're rooting for
0: the person. You're, now. you're coming we're not back. Just
3: rooting for the player. Like right? I said, but it'd be different if he was coming to play for the Niners or or or, or, or you know uh, the Ravens or one of these teams that were, had a stacked defense, or stacked roster that was just a true contender. And all he needed was a good game managing quarterback and get get the ball out quick. and has a solid running game. If he was on one of those teams that was a true contender, he wanted to take you know, make a last push for it. Fine. You have something to look forward to. But, dude, you're in Washington. There's, You're going to be one of the teams in the top five picks again next season. It's not worth risking it for that. And it's not Alex worth Smith, risking a limb for that. Yeah, if it's Alex not, Smith was like
0: five or six years younger, oh, yeah come back try to get your because you're still within the time frame but he's even 37 that. years
3: old at but this time but even that man if he, one more blow to that leg yeah, he will that. more than likely lose it it's not fucking worth yeah, that it's, it's just not it's
0: the age factor it's everything added together you to vacuum that great them. money like, no, you have a beautiful away,
3: wife man. you have you know, gorgeous kids collect your kids. blessings yes yeah. collect yeah, your man. blessings you fought your, with Gary
0: in your life is complete you're in your mid
3: 30s Do go live your life go live your life man. you're beloved everywhere
0: you went everywhere no one hates Alex except me but everybody Everybody, everybody loves Alex Smith except me. And and live your life, man. Count your blessings. Yeah,
2: I did a couple of radio interviews back in the day where uh, they were talking. It was right the height of the Royals going to World Series back-to-back. They're like, if you saw Eric Cosmer or Alex Smith walking down the street, where would you go? And I'm like, go say hi to Haas. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? So I understand that you respect the hell out of him for the, the time he spent and, and the way yeah. that he came back from this. But just go on and Please. live your life. Yes. Please. Please. Um, so we've got one that I think might trigger you, Lance. And I'm Last sorry if I events. haven't been already. I know. Let's bring on the trigger. Well, first of all, I give you the wrong name, kind of in That's a roundabout way, but no. I'll hold that. L. We, we gotta we gotta ask who has the better career at the end of their playing time, Tyreek Hill or Keenan Allen?
0: <laughs> good old Donnie Couch. Uh, man, you know because my guy Donnie calls me the backbone. I have to I have to entertain this one. Um, <laughs> look, man. Keenan Allen is he frustrates the living shit out of me I love because he's so good at football but he is such a whiny little baby when it comes to social media he's one of those guys most players are but, but hold on like okay he's awesome at football but he has not put up consistent great seasons he's hurt a lot and i I get it. And he had his best chance to shine when he actually had a Hall of Fame quarterback. Now he has a guy that's either... Well, he has two quarterbacks. It's either going to be one, the guy that got benched for Nathan Peterman in Buffalo, or a guy who was maybe the fourth or fifth best quarterback in his own draft class. Keenan Allen is fucked when it comes to his actual ability to shine. Because with wide receivers, you're obviously on an island, so obviously you're going to get a lot of individual recognition, good or bad. But when you're on a good team, you start to get this extra shine that others don't get. The Chargers are not going to be a Super Bowl team ever in Keenan Allen's career. He's nearing 30. I think he's actually 30 now. So he's in his prime slash at the end of his prime. I don't even know how we're putting him and Tyreek Hill in the same class at this point. Because as Trevor stated, Tyreek Hill is probably the best wide receiver in football, if not top three. Keenan Allen is not a top five wide receiver, and you can flirt with the fact he might not be a top ten receiver at this point. There are so many good wide receivers, so many great wide receivers in this league. I would take several wide receivers over Keenan Allen just from the health factor alone. And the fact that he can't even tag the right guys on Twitter. He's trying to (laughs) get Chris Godwin Twitter trying to games, serve him his, his purpose games, and he can't even t- and he gets caught out by Mike Evans a far superior wide receiver than Kenny Allen and, and, and fucking Mike Evans even called his ass out and said hey look bro didn't even get the right Chris Godwin and you're not even on my level bro don't even tag me in this shit Tyreek Hill didn't even address it he, he probably just his LOL the whole time don't put those fuckers in the same sentence because they're not in the same category they're barely in the same league that's it go ahead
3: Um, I'm just going to preface oh, s- I'm, I'm going to be a little more soft-spoken than you. I'm going to preface by saying Tyreek, at this point in their career, Tyreek Hill is the better receiver overall. Um, oh, shit. Uh, I will say, though, I, I'm actually a big fan of Keenan Allen as a player. Um, I, I Actually, he's a great trash talker, too, as well. Um, he, he's one of the best route runners in this last five, six years. He's, he's one of the best, if not the most technically sound receiver in the league, him and Julio Jones, I think, and, and, and as far as route goes, uh, pound for pound receivers, he's one of the best. He, he he's arguably a top five receiver at times. He's just like you said, he's been stuck in some bad scenarios. Uh, uh, he's he's you know not been on the best rosters, uh, and he has had some freak injuries. I think he had a torn ACL and then he had a ruptured spleen or something like. That. It was a sp- I yeah. It was a spleen issue. So he's had some two freak things that have ended a couple of his seasons. Um, but when he's healthy, he's right up there with the best. Uh, but he's not at this point of their careers. Tyreek Hill is. Probably the scariest guy, him and Christian McCaffrey in the NFL is the scariest guy with the football in his hands. Um, so yeah, there's not really a comparison there at this point. But I love it. I love, I love the fact that he's calling guys. It makes, it makes it something you know, makes it fun to look forward to, especially when the matches. Yeah, happen, it's cute. Because we're gonna face them. Cute. We're gonna face them twice. Hey, but he's gotten the better end of the deal sometimes. When the Chiefs are facing, he's talk trash. Even with him and Marcus Peters, he burned the charges
0: of beating us once in the last like
3: five six oh, years. Trust me, I'm not. I'm not worried though. about the the win. I loss. was at the game too, I'm not worried sucked. about the win loss ratio there. But yeah, he's he's fun to watch. Though he's a talented guy. And, yeah. We just
2: got to entertain this one just simply because it's a new listener. Stephen York asked, "Tom Brady or Drew
0: Brees, and why?" Uh, Okay, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about success, it's obviously Tom Brady and Tomatoes. To Which one can eat tomatoes? <laughs> if, if I'm starting my team, I'm taking Drew Brees. I think that Drew Brees, he is the most accurate quarterback of all time. I know he's undersized, but I think that Drew Brees by far is the more accurate quarterback. Um... He's been honestly more statistically consistent than even Tom Brady. Tom Brady actually has the years on uh, Breeze. I think he's played two more seasons than Drew Brees has. Um, yeah, I, I would I would take Drew Brees uh, over Tom Brady. As crazy as that sounds, as it for just from an individual standpoint? Uh, I, I know that Drew Brees can be good in multiple systems. I don't know that about somebody We're going to find out at 43 years old, seeing he's the only 43-year-old quarterback that's going to try to play more than six games in NFL history. Can he do it? We'll find out. But I think that Drew Brees is actually the better overall quarterback from an individual standpoint. Why? Why? Why is this question? question? Um, <laughs> just
2: for
3: you, Trev. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Um, right now, at this point of the careers, I, I'd probably take Drew Brees just because of youth and... I. Like you said, he's he's played in two different systems, and he's he's been great in both. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna go Drew Brees.
0: Imagine, imagine saying youth for a 41 year old quarterback. (laughs) Like, yeah, he's got the youth on Brady. How old is Brees? 41. Like that's crazy to say. His hairline is receding more. uh, (laughs) uh, No, Brees actually has the worst hairline. Yeah, that's the oh, yeah. thing. <laughs> it's insane. so bad. Like, you know, how going like, to rate these guys? Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> yeah. so bad. I mean, like Tom Brady's hairline is strong. Yeah, Brady's Brady's, Brady's going to be handsome in thirty years. Like oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like this
3: guy, he's got the chiseled. But if we're ch- talking fantasy, I might go Tom Brady though because fantasy of, football. Just because the worst.
2: Another about, kind of like, fantasy. Male fantasy.
0: Yeah, or both of them. You know what I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I think right? he gets selfish. Trevor gets selfish. Trevor gets selfish. He
2: really does. Greedy. I love all these hypotheticals, Donnie. Jesus, like. These are intense hypotheticals. we got to talk about this one because it's pretty pretty solid. Who drafts LaMelo Ball in this year's NBA draft? Because mm. I don't think it's going to be the Warriors. I think Cleveland might be the place he goes, which oh, it's, sucks.
3: It's going to be the Knicks. It's going
0: to be a lottery pick, though.
3: It's going to be the Knicks. Yeah. It's the I, perfect I mean, fit for the Knicks. Really? Yeah. I, I love them. He's the best ball brother. I've said it from the beginning. I'll be Lands he, on the Kings. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> No, we got we got Darren Fox. Darren Fox is better, anyways. Uh-oh, we um,
0: move a trigger I just want to see. I just want to. See, yeah, moving over to Trevor. God oh, so damn it! <laughs>
3: the Kings, the Kings lost to the Spurs tonight, so our hopes are dwindling. But anyways, damn. it actually looks pretty good on Trevor. It does.
2: It just you know natural
0: looks You're really you were triggered.
3: You were triggered. No, I think I think he's going to go to the Knicks. I think he's going to go to the Knicks, and I and I would love to see because I want to see the Knicks be good. I want to see the Knicks because the Knicks have some good young players on their team. Um, and I think he would fit right in because he's, he's a trash talking kid. He's cocky. Can you imagine kid. LeVar ball in New York with his
0: no. son, Lamello? Lamelo is a baller. Bro. I know, but I'm saying, like, imagine, you know, LeVar is going to hop on that one, dude. He do not want nothing to do with New Orleans with Lonzo. That would, that would he's would be peace with that one. That would work. In, no, no, no. no that, me? Yeah. that would work in New York, though. Because New York needs that. New York, you you can, can talk like that. Yes. imagine, imagine LeVar Ball sitting next to Spike Lee? Oh, and oh and James I Dolan? Love I imagine James, James Dolan and Lavar Ball. Bro, yes. the, oh. pub,
3: the pub for New York would be
0: incredible. Oh, never lost. Bro, I mean, They're like 17 and 60. I think LaMelo is going to be like, a legitimately no, good those. player. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Oh, my God. The yes, Knicks, please, the Knicks, let yeah, the please, please let that happen. the Knicks got to get him. Please let that Because he's going to be a lottery pick, so they're going to do the, the little mix-up. Yeah. That would be badass if he goes to the Knicks. I want to see that dumpster fire. <laughs> I want to see that dumpster I fire. I think he's
3: going to be a stud. I like Lamella. I think he's better than that. But Long James Dolan
0: doesn't deserve a good player. So, like, if Lamella goes there, I'm kind of hoping we for need the bust. The NBA potential. needs
3: the Knicks to, to, to be good. So I think he could be I'm, that guy. Yeah,
0: clearly, because they haven't been good in 25 years, and the NBA is flourishing. I'm just, well, we need them though. No, yeah, we need them here You're at the, me, yeah, Podcast. the The biggest
3: market and one of the biggest markets in the NBA and sports in general. The Knicks is one of the biggest sports markets still. So they, no, they being good would only boost the NBA. Fair so, enough, enough, for yeah. sure.
2: Speaking of NBA cities, all that we got to talk about this. Do you think Kansas City can ever get an NBA team again? Yes, yes, because
0: we have Patrick Mahomes. Sold. All right, know. Corey, your questions answered. We're good. I guess <laughs> yeah. that you think I'm kidding, money mail You think I'm kidding? Watch in ten years, the, the NBA is in Kansas City. Because bring the tim- on Timberwolves, baby. Come watch on, it. man. Watch it. The Kansas City, there, there will be a team called the Kansas City Mahomes. I'm talking about the Christ. name. But it, it will be because of that man. It, <laughs> he gets what he wants. He does. He gets what he wants. It's going to happen. Yeah. If he just gets a wild hair, he'll be like, you know what? NBA. Tags yeah. him. I'm bored. I'd like to watch some basketball You know what I'm now. saying? Yeah. yeah I, I don't know to go to Tulsa. I would be
3: stoked on life if that happened. Oh, my right? God.
0: It's going to happen. We Get used it. to it, bro. We're not even going to be in our 40s yet. It's going to be it. happening.
3: Yeah, it'd be great. Well, we're ahead of the current
0: Kansas
2: City Podcast Network. is clearly paving the way for NBA coverage. You We've heard it here first, year. boys and girls. You guys ahead. know what you're talking about when it comes to NBA, so it's yeah. always fun to talk to you about NBA, not only just Chiefs and all that fun stuff. So okay, um, I'm going to put a cap on the Monday mailbag. Dottie, we love you so much. These hypotheticals could honestly carry out to other times. So if we're ever – this is a note-taking uh, a group
0: of questions. You can copy me. and paste them and bring them on to next week. That's Absolutely. cool with me, man. So uh, – for Donnie Couch and the group, uh, we appreciate everybody that has chimed in on the Monday Mailbag. I mean, we've had legitimately like, 40, like 50, 60 questions the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Guys, keep them coming, man, because we're all about it. We love the traffic. We love to see the interactions. So every single Monday, I post that onto the Facebook group. Feel free to chime. Literally, whatever it is in the sports world, we do not discriminate here, man. It could be about uh, lacrosse. We'll try to figure out our best analytical point of views on that situation. I don't know shit about lacrosse, yeah, but I'm going to give be. it a go. I, I, hopefully... I
2: was, I was an All-American lacrosse player. Oh, but, there we go. Bam. Gats got you. Cares,
0: Gats got, got you, guys. That's going to be a catchphrase. Gats got you. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you. It, it, but hopefully you'll give us some like NFL, NBA stuff, because that's usually where Trevor and I usually... Yeah. Current events, please. You know, we're Pretend to be smart. So. Week, so. But thanks again, guys. Seriously. But in the meantime, we're going to get to our final segment of the night. Gat, yeah, Trevor, what's it called again? Hold, Hold this, this L! L. I want you to do me a favor. And hold this L! Somebody's gotta hold that L. The him. The her. And I'm talking like caps lock l L L L L L. LL Cool J stuff. Hold that L.
3: Good God, man. Hold this gigantic veiny pulsating L. Man. You are one pathetic loser. You ignorant
2: bastard. Oh, that was great. Oh, hold this L.
0: It is time to hold this L. Every single week, what we like to do around here is modestly or not so modestly hand out some L's in the world of sports, some of the people we like, some of the teams we like, but some of them we just don't give two shits about, and we're just going to make sure and let them know. They got a, an alphabetical letter in the mail, and it's an L. So we're going to start with the lady Gat. Gat, who is holding the L for you this week?
2: Uh, as some of you may know, I'm very into the spiritual world, and I like to channel things every once in a while, right? So I'm actually channeling this L from Eddie, who has given me permission to speak for him. Tonight. I like it. Uh, he goes as in typical salty fashion. My L goes to the Lakers, who couldn't beat a Clippers team that is missing six players. You know
0: what? That so asshole L went, asshole your would L say went that. to a W. Okay. The, the L, L went yeah. to a team who <laughs> got a W. <laughs> the no, no, that makes sense. That sounds like something Eddie would do. That's yeah. perfect. I like it. You're playing yeah. into the character. This is great. Uh, the only yeah, yeah. other L that I that. can
2: give is to the entire city of St. Louis. Uh, <laughs> one of their most amazing citizens that have ever escaped from St. Louis. No, not Bob Vesco. Uh, Natasha Scruggs is one of my really close friends. She's amazing. She's an attorney here in Kansas City. She formally switched her alliance from the St. Louis Cardinals to the Kansas City Royals. It's official, so St. Louis, you're going to have to do me a favor. And
0: hold this L. L! That's the Mahomes factor because she knows. we got to get her on the show one of these days. She seems yes, like an awesome person. Do. She does. I yeah. love that that conversation you guys had. That was awesome. Trevor well. Who's be who um, the L for you this week, bro? Is it the Kings? Is it the Kings? Please don't eat the Kings.
3: It's not the Kings. Uh, like, Kings. Like, I, I pref- like I prefaced before we came back live, I, did, I don't want to cut my wrist tonight. So, and, you know, trying to avoid that, I don't want to talk about the Kings for the third straight week. <laughs> I don't want to give the Kings an L for the third straight week. You'd be so, listening yeah, to The Cure all night if that happened. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying you to make...
2: knock <laughs> on the door. you got to knock on the door. Oh,
3: sweet melancholy. Um, <laughs> no, my L is going to go to uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. We didn't have basketball for about four months four whole months. Um and the Zion Craze, you know, this being his rookie year, him being pushed to be the, the rookie of the year, which he's not, that's John Morant, um, who's the better player. Um anyways. They 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 were this whole push about making Zion the the next coming face of the league right this new specimen who who has the similar traits to LeBron with his athleticism for his size his leaping ability all this and that he's a great player I love watching when he's healthy, um, but we all know coming into this this bubble tournament they kind of set this bubble tournament up for the Pelicans to make a push right. The, the way they had the seating set up, the way they, they allowed certain teams to, or the or the or the or the 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 cutoff stop for the teams to make a push for the playoffs, it was it was cut off right before the pelican, right for the pelicans there to make a push here. Um, so pelicans knew going into each game, every game was a must win, right to make a to make a a, a run for the playoffs. You know, just like the, the, my kings, um, <clears throat> but you know, just like my kings, um, but even on a worse fashion. They only played Zion Williamson, who has been resting for the last four months, like I clarified. Um, as far as we know, he's been healthy. I know he had a little, um, he has like some muscle soreness or cramps or something a few weeks ago when the bubble was just getting going. Um, but he's had all this time off. He's, ju- I think he just turned 20 years old. Um, they played him 15 total minutes, and he didn't even play the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter. And an absolute nail biter against the Utah Jazz, who, which, like I said, was a must win. The Utah Jazz are already in; they're already in; they're already in the playoffs. I think they're the fourth, the fifth seed, fourth, fourth, seed. fourth seed, in yep. the West, so they're safe. That wasn't a must win for the Jazz, right? This was a nail biter game that came down to a, almost a, a game winning shot by by Brandon Ingram, who absolutely balled out. Who was might be the best player on that team, um, but yeah, the fact that you they they built all this up. You know all this, all this attention, all this press on on Zion, um, all them hyping him up, yeah, and just to play him barely fifteen minutes. So what is he going to play next? Next, the next game, Is he going to play sixteen minutes, seventeen minutes. Yeah, when
0: they're four and a half games this out. Is what, this is what I'm saying. Go. Every
3: game is a must win, right? <laughs> so it, to me, I just don't understand the logic there of not playing him And as tight as the game was. The last seven minutes, he didn't see, he didn't sniff the court. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, any. The fact that he's your best defensive player, he's a he's a game wrecker, a game changer with this, his his pure athleticism right now, and what he could be could could become. But the fact that this bubble was set up honestly for him, for the Pelicans, for his name to be in there to make a you know, for, for that revenge game against the Lakers that could possibly be a scenario if they get the eighth seed, they can face the Lakers and all those the, the you know Ingram Ball and all those guys can get uh, you know kind of a revenge matchup against the Lakers, which would have been great for. For you know the publicity of the league and for the turn for the for the playoffs, um, but basically I'm, I'm giving them the L because they hyped all this up just to give them 15 minutes, and they lose. It's just I don't understand what what the purpose was. I I, I know Alvin Gentry, the coach, uh, came out and talked about it. that's what that's what he was told. You know that's what he was allowed to do was give him 15 minutes. I'm sorry if I'm the head coach. I go against all that because it's like I said, it's a must-win. If you want to do whatever you can to win and have the most success with this this young, talented core that you have here, and by not putting your best player on the floor, uh, the last, the final seven minutes of the game when it that game could have went either way against the fourth seed in the West, um, it's just it just it didn't make any sense to me, um, and it was a letdown as far as us fans. We want I want to see. Zion, as, as big as a Kings fan as I am, I would love to see you know a Pelicans Lakers first you know first round uh, uh, a matchup. I think that'd be fun. Uh, there'd be a lot of cool storylines matched up messed up in it. But I think you know them losing this game is a big blow because now they have to fight even more. They pretty much have to win out just to have a chance now. Um, so I, I'll see we'll see what they do moving forward with Zion if they just you know let him go. Uh, he has a whole off season even if they don't make it to rest up. Even if he does get nicked up or whatever, which is a high chance of that happening, but. For right now, for what I saw last night, for the embarrassment that that was, for him to only play 15 minutes, it made zero sense. And for him not to play, see the court in the last final seven minutes of one of the closest, extremely close game, one to two point game for the final seven minutes of that game, um, it was embarrassing. So uh, the uh, Pelicans, New Orleans, the entire uh, organization over there, you guys are going to have to do me a favor and hold this L. L. I don't know how you felt about that. I, that no, was I totally agree. It was going to be one of
0: my L's as well. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, that's an abomination, man. You're, you're four, four and a half games out with eight games to go. Yeah, let's different. go ahead and sit out our superstar talent. And it would be, different, you know, it'd be different if they're getting blown out. It would be different if they're getting blown out. But yeah. it was a one-point yeah. game. It's it's
3: Eddie
2: says that Zion... Playing 15 minutes deserves
3: an L. Yeah, absolutely. So. I think that was a
0: given. That was like a, a layup. You know, well, like, it was a letdown for fans. Layup. The L.
3: first game. That's the game. You know, you let him out there and let him display. You know, why he was missed. You know, mm-hmm. when he was hurt. That's what the fans were missing out on. But
0: 15 minutes is unacceptable. So I listen to a lot of uh, sports radio. Um, I, I, I for multiple reasons. There's a lot of particular shows I listen to 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 study uh, certain individuals because I'm always trying to get better at what we do here. Um, and I want to continue to be that way because I feel like you can always get better at what you love to do and what you're passionate about. Uh, but then there's some shows that I'm just I'm just listening to just because it's it's a weekend or whatever the case is, and I'm just you know I have something in the background. Uh, there's certain shows on the weekends that I listen to, and one of those happened to be on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, one radio host uh, by the name of Andrew Filipponi that uh, decided to spend his afternoon, <clears throat> obviously before the Jamal Adams story broke where uh, the Jets traded this traded to the, uh, Jamal Adams to the Seahawks, Andrew Filipponi was dedicating his entire show to literally shitting on the Chiefs. Now, bear in mind, uh, Andrew Filippone is a panderer to the Steelers uh, fan base out there in Pittsburgh, and they are one of the more respected, well-renowned, most successful franchises in NFL history. So whenever dynasty, the word dynasty gets thrown out there, I would imagine New Englanders and Pittsburgh people, I don't even know what you call them, Pitts, Pittsburghers, Pittsburghese, I don't know what the fuck you call those people. But the fact is, is that these, these are the ones that are going to be upset the most probably when it comes to new dynasties, the ideas of a new dynasty. So so Philipponi decided to take it upon himself to shit all over the Chiefs, and I mean literally take... The opportunity to discredit everything they've been trying to do and say, uh, starting with Chris Jones and, and Tyree Kill calling them knuckleheads and, and, and describing with their words is, as laughable and jokes, and calling literally calling them names on a show, then decides to take it one step further. And I was just sitting there being quiet, listening to the show, and whatever the case is, you know, I'm going to let this guy, you know, cook because this is obviously his point of view, which I will respect. I lost all respect when he decided to um, hint at this idea that Tyreek Hill is the abuser that they claimed him to be. Now, I will forever apologize for the stance that I took immediately because I thought that this was all true based on the edited version that KCTV5 decided to grace upon us. Come to find out there was a, a load of shit and there was another six and a half minutes to that video... And then I quickly recanted my stance on that. And since that point, I've done everything I could to raise awareness for the injustice that Tyreek Hill himself suffered because of that and lost money because of that. Almost lost his career because of that. But Filippone as lazy as he is and his job that he's paid to do, which is to cover sports and to give an intellectual take on said sports, decides to hint at the idea that Tyreek Hills is the last person he wants to hear from because of those very same reasons. So I took it upon myself to start calling out Pony on Twitter. I started raising some actual legitimate questions. He then drops this phone number on uh, Twitter and on his show. So I said, you know what? I never call on shows. I never call into shows. Changing that today. Decided to call in that Saturday. Talked to his producer immediately. I told him who I was and what I do out here. And I said, look, I got some really strong opinions on the Kansas City Chiefs and what Filippone decided to take upon himself today. He's about to get some serious backlash. Let's get this conversation going. Producer said, no problem. Let's get this thing going. I'm on the waiting list. I literally five minutes later get the producer coming back and says, yeah, Filippone says he ain't feeling it, man. Uh, He'd rather just not talk Chiefs right now. Uh, he understands he seen your tweets. He'd rather just not talk about it. How fucking convenient is that, Filippone? How fucking convenient is it? I even invited him on this show this week. We already had a guest booked. I would have gladly added Filippone to this show. Decides not to do that either. The dude's hiding. The, I, what I can't stand in this business more than anything is people that will put their neck out on the line and say something and the moment they get called out for it, they decide to cower. Like, what's the point of having a strong take? What's the point of having a hot take if you ain't willing to stand by it? I've had plenty myself. I have every single fucking night on this show. But for some reason, I decide to stand by my own words. I'm no, I am no—I should be no better than a man who's paid to do this shit. We do this on our free time. But you want to go ahead and, and, and collect your checks and be a coward while doing it. Fuck that shit, man. We, you're, you're invited. Let me put it like this. You're invited to this show each and every week. And I'm going to continue to call you out on it. Because, again, I take that shit personally. Because you're lazy at what you do. The the research is out there. It's called Google. Google Google.com. It's really awesome. You should check it out because it's a search engine where you can find shit that you might be curious about. Do it all the time. It's really cool. Mostly about food because I'm a chubby kid myself. But how about you do this for me, Philipponi? while you continue to decide to reject my invitations to my show? Google the truth. Google the truth about Tyreek Hill. And when the Chiefs start racking off championships and your team's missing the fucking playoffs because you got a 900-pound, 38-year-old quarterback trying to throw the ball out there with a broken arm, enjoy the show, buddy. So do me a favor while we're doing all that and having fun at your at your expense. Do me a favor and hold, hold this L. Sorry, did I get a little triggered on that one too? Uh, we've got the exact same thing. My gentle. little
2: pony is what I thought you were saying that entire time. <laughs> My but little pony. <laughs> and so did Brian. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> He's invited. Andrew Filiponi is always invited on this show. And I look forward to the day because I just called you out and I'll stand by those words. Not a problem. Not an issue. We'll see what happens. But in the meantime, this show was fun. This is an absolute blast. Uh, Shaggy Shane, appreciate you, bro. Uh, you, you always you always give me feedback each and every week on how you think the show goes, man. You're the most loyal listener that we have. I genuinely appreciate you and everything you do. Guys, Absolutely. please follow his work. You think this stuff's good? Maybe you don't. I don't know. You just maybe watch this for the laughs. He actually has quality content, man. I'm telling you, as much as Gat tries to carry us around here, he does it all on his own. He's an independent man, independent thinker, and I love the shit out of him for that. Uh, amazing family amazing guy he really is just thorough go follow him man but in the meantime for Trevor Twidwell for Gat, for Eddie Ortiz who decided not to be with us tonight for valid reasons I will give him but no excuses next week obviously for Mr. Clay Windler for Shaggy Shane for Ale- Andrew Filippone's coward ass yeah. I am Lance Twidwell here inside the KCP studios telling you this episode 75 is gone it's done it's away with we out of this bitch see you guys next week later We're gonna get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the spoke. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit.
3: Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <coughs> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The, the Name Your Price, price tool, and only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save
1: you 15% or more.
3: Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball.
1: Uh, what?